Let's talk a Disney Channel movie. Let's talk a Disney Channel movie. We're talking Disney Channel movies. We're talking Disney Channel movies. Let's talk a Disney Channel movie. Let's talk a Disney Channel movie. We're talking Disney Channel movies. We're talking Disney Channel movies. Let's talk a Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this week on Cinemodities, we are wrapping up our music movie series with one more Zach's Choice. Now, before we get into this Zach's Choice, because it was a Zach's Choice, uh, it was dropped on me one day. I, you know, He kind of told me what we were discussing, and I had never heard of it. I looked it up, and the first thing I saw was that it was a Disney Channel original movie. And I kind of went, oh God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but since it is a Disney Channel original movie, an artifact of history of many years past, we have another instance, just like we did in the Real Scary Stories episode, where we have commercials. <laughs> now, to be fair, these are 2004 commercials, not 2002 commercials, and they are from the Disney Channel. So I don't think we're going to have a full-on discussion like we did for the 2002 commercials, and I know, Zach, you already were expecting this. I was like, oh, Zach, we got to watch some commercials, talk about some commercials, and he was like, eh, it's not going to be the same, and I was like, I'm going to watch them, Zach, you know, don't take this fun away from me. I've never been in this intrigued by commercials. As I started to watch it, I kind of, you know, had a blast from the past of what the Disney Channel commercials were. But I was kind of blown away that I think in the entire, what, like two hour 45, two hours that I watched this movie with the commercials, I don't think there was a single commercial for an actual product. Nope. Every commercial was telling me about other things to watch on the Disney Channel. That, that is crazy to me in and of itself. Because I'm thinking, you know, oh, it's a Disney Channel movie. Like, the parents will watch it with the kids. They'll throw in some ads that the parents will see, the kids will get excited for, and they'll roll with it. But no, like, literally all of the commercials were just, like, oh, Dave the Barbarian's gonna start. That's So Raven is on next week. Kim Possible's on. The Proud Family's on. We're going to have a marathon of some show and then show you remember the Titans. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, like, I, can you shed any light on this, Zach? I'm baffled that there were no actual products. Do, do you have any insight as to maybe, you know, why this is or the history of this? It's just so crazy to me. Well, it was back when Disney was still wholesome. It's like not everything <laughs> had to be a, a marketing opportunity. Like, people have to think about that. Like, yes, Disney has always, uh, Learn always knew how to mer uh, maximize their merchandise opportunities, but there was considered like a point, like a line in the sand where it's like, okay, we're not gonna like the entire network is a commercial essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like watch Lizzie McGuire, then go out and buy her books, her clothes, her notebooks, her dolls. Okay, it's like yeah, like Kim Possible. It's like oh, watch Kim Possible, then buy Kim Possible bed sheets, dolls, <laughs> uh, action figures, like CDs. Yeah, like the network was a commercial. We don't need to be selling things on top of selling 
selling things. Okay, okay, interesting. And, and and plus it was the idea, it looked good. It was good PR for family stuff. So it's like, okay, you want to attract families to your family networks. What you do, see, we're not advertising to your kids. We're see, we're not having mm. commercials for cinnamon toast crunch or for uh, like Hot Wheels or Bionicle. It was meant to be like, okay, we keep it a little bit more. Again, it's Disney. Everything, it's in the Disney, it's in Disney, in the world of Disney. Sure. And nowadays you turn, and even though Disney is still a lot better at this, I guess Disney Channel is a lot better at this than like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or I don't know what mm-hmm. the kid, what the hell kids watch nowadays. I meant the internet. I mean, like you go, and kids now go on YouTube and Lord knows what they can find. Oh yeah, there just, you go. Just, that too. Just, yeah, just, just the internet in general. Uh, there, <laughs> there ain't no safe search anymore, folks. And yeah, I, I, they're still better than most, but like there is like they'll have commercials for like Reese's Puff cereal. Okay. Um, there, there is more blatant advertising on Disney Channel than when this aired 15 years ago. Okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I definitely um. Uh, I didn't think about it that way, and I don't think I ever would have think about it, thought about it that way, from you know my understanding of commercials. But you're right; there is that that merchandising aspect of you know you get the kids to watch the shows, and then they want things with the logos or the characters from that show on them. So okay, I can I can buy into it. That was really all I had to say about the commercials, Zach. Were there any that stood out to you? <laughs> uh, not not specifically. Again, a lot of nostalgia because it's like this was one I was really like I was like. God, I was the prime demographic for Disney. I was 11 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, much like how I said, like, you'd watch this stuff and it'd be like, go buy the merchandise. Like, I have yeah. the official, I still have the official soundtrack to Pixel Perfect. Nice. <laughs> I have the official soundtrack to, uh, uh, oh God, the Cheetah Girls, Stuck in the Suburbs. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, definition of like, I, I, I can, like, my, my infatuation with Lizzie McGuire. Um, okay. Uh, like stuff like that. Like that's kind of like it was kind of cool seeing like Lizzie McGuire commercials because right, even though I I, I kind of got I think I talked about it God like years ago. Uh, oh God, not years ago. What was it? What we were talking about? Where I brought up like Lizzie McGuire and like what they were doing. Oh, I think it was um the Adventure Time finale. Like we were talking about like why do like networks like air things like all over the place? Like why oh, do they air one yeah. thing here, then one thing there? And like it was like Lizzie McGuire, I think ended like February. I think her last mm-hmm. episode was was February, so it was really cool kind of seeing a commercial for her. Because after that, like oh god, Disney Channel has a horrible, horrible reputation. And, like once a show has aired its series finale, it immediate like it has like maybe a month of like oh watch watch the show, and then it goes to like the three a.m. block where like they'll air it like at three a.m. Then like yeah. two, like three months later, you, it just drops off the network altogether. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of cool because I I didn't get to Lizzie McGuire until when like Hillary Duff's like first album dropped in like September of two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So like, I I never was like I know Lizzie McGuire was on for like four years technically. She started like in two thousand and she didn't end until like February of two thousand four. Okay. So it was cool seeing that though. But like in like Dave the Barbarian, I remember when that came out. Like uh, Dark Lord Chuckles, the Silly Piggy. Um, like I I, yeah, I remember I remember like Dave the Barbarian. It's funny how that show dropped off the face of the earth. That was a weird show. <laughs> and it has again it has like no following whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think I even watched it back in the day. It was it's worth revisiting. Like, I remember some of the jokes. Like, there was like a poet named Pedexing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Based, based off the road sign. Uh things like that. Like, no, like, like I guess because a lot of the commercials aren't that like you said, the remember the Titans one with Kyla Pratt. And it's like this is a sensitive, yep. like this is a sensitive topic. Like bring your parents in. We'll talk to you about like race like like race issues. Mm-hmm. Like now it's Disney, like we're not touching that. <laughs> not touching it not touching it nothing good can come of it and uh, someone interviewed they had someone interview uh kurt russell for miracle <laughs> yeah I, remember. 
I, I was just looking fast. at that, and I was like, man, Kurt Russell looks so young. <laughs> well, I guess we should mention, this is the 15th anniversary, 15th anniversary of Pixel Perfect. Oh, it, oh of it, course. <laughs> I, I know the exact date that I recorded this. Nice. I recorded it January 17th, 2004. Right on, right on. I know that because it premiered the 16th and they talk about it airing the very next day, which was a Sunday. They talked about the Remember the Titans thing that following Monday. So okay. I know the exact like day I recorded this. Not because I have it written down. I just was able to piece it together while I was watching this. Gotcha. That's, gotcha. that's my super. Cool. I, have, I have two superpowers, folks. I know when I tape things down to the date, if not the exact time I tape them. And no matter what store you take me into, I can immediately find the aisle that has the most Star Wars things in it. <laughs> Those are my two superpowers. Other than that, I am, I am, oh God, bankrupt mentally. I got nothing else going for me. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh man. I like that Star, the Star Wars superpower. <laughs> it's uncanny, but it, it's real. It's like, I'm just imagining you go into like, um, like, I don't know, like a like a, a grocery store or something, and it's like you lift your head in the air and maybe you sniff a little bit, and you'll be like, there's a Yoda cup on aisle 16. <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey I, I'll laugh at it, but I will certainly, I know who to call when I need to find Star Wars stuff. <laughs> there's, there's a Ghostbusters parody in here somewhere about, you're looking for Star Wars toys. <laughs> yeah. You're all alone. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Zach Weber. <laughs> right on. Well, before we jump into this movie, um, and since we brought it up Lizzie McGuire already, there was actually something not a commercial and not part of the movie that stood out to me. At the very beginning of this recording, as we said from Zach's good old VHS uh, VHS yes. tape, it starts at the, the very like end, maybe the last minute. I don't know, it's like bloopers or something during the end of a Lizzie McGuire episode. That's, that's, that's how every Lizzie McGuire episode would end with uh, the bloopers. Okay, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So the I was like, okay, this is finishing up, but the bloopers happen, whatever. Um, and then the credits start to roll. And as the credits start to roll, I see like one line in particular that says, Director Zachary Quinto. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, he directed an episode of Lizzie McGuire. What is this? And so I paused the paused the recording and I searched for it immediately. He didn't direct the episode. He played a director in yeah, that episode of Lizzie yeah. McGuire. And so yep. I was just like, oh my God, look at that. Zachary Quinto. <laughs> before he was Siler, before he was Spock, before anything else, you know, he was on Lizzie McGuire. I never would have remembered that. Yeah, I remember uh okay, well, I think. I think the episodes on like one of the DVDs that I have, and I remember that like years after like like JJ Abrams Star Trek came out, I remember seeing him and I'm like, oh my god, that's Zachary Quinto. <laughs> like, it, it's a really small role because the little brother has like like gets a gets to be like on a commercial for um like an okay. energy drink, like a Gatorade or like a Powerade. And like um something's happening where like the father goes with him and they're mocking the father because the father I think is Keith Carradine. Who's the actor? It's one of the Carradines, the one that was in the yeah. Nerds. Yep, yep. And and he's like like mocking him because of how like kind of like goofy he is. And the brother has like this tirade. And I think it's I think it's Zachary Quinto who's mocking him, and that's what it is. Like Zachary Quinto is like playing like a like a oh god like a snooty like Hollywood direct like like ad okay. director. And it's, he's only, he's in it for maybe like two minutes, but gotcha. Because yes, it was just like a bit role. It's, it's kind of, it was almost like a Law and Order thing. Like you're in it for like two minutes just to get your yeah. name like as a credit in something major. Yep. Okay. Right on. Right on. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I was hoping you'd bring that up because I saw that. I'm like, oh, this is that episode. 
Yeah, I, when I first saw it, since you know I, had, I hadn't seen any of the rest of the episode, I thought that they were saying he directed the episode, and that that was going to blow my mind if that was the case. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, that would, would be insane. <laughs> Unfortunately, Zachary Quinto doesn't interact with Lizzie McGuire at all the episode. Oh, okay. okay. That's, the, that's, the, that's the B plot of the episode. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> all right, well, anything else about the commercials or surround? I, I should say I didn't watch the part of the Kim Possible episode at the end. That's when oh, I stopped. Oh, jeez. I didn't watch any of that. <laughs> what, a, what a loss. Uh, no, I think that's, again, the commercials really, because like, like, I cause I guess we should point out, too, that I had two versions of this. I, 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 mm-hmm. I originally sent Rob this, because it's funny. This is, like, you can, it's not that it's hard to find. Like, I imagine if you know where to look, you can find this. But, like, I think it's on, like, Amazon as a download. But okay. you go looking, and it's, like, not a lot of good clips from this. Like, even on YouTube, like, the music video stuff isn't very good. You can tell it's stuff that's, like, left over from, like, what I did. So I oh, sent okay. Rob, like, a, because I think it was for, like, the 100th, like, Disney Channel movie, like, Spectacular a few years ago. They aired, like, all the major ones. Mm-hmm. And this was like this was a major one because again it got like, the soundtrack release. Um, okay. This was, yeah, like this this was one of their like major like what they used to call them decoms in the early to mid two thousands. And I know I think over time they don't do is they used to God, it used to be like one every like two to three months. Now I think it's like maybe one every six months. Okay. I don't even hear them doing like really Disney Channel original movies. I think after like Teen Beach movie they kind of stopped for the most part. Okay. Um, I, I think it's just the fact that it wasn't that much money in them anymore. It's like they pour a lot of money into these things, and it's like, eh. <laughs> it's like it's not really doing like again. Like we could be pouring this money into something else, and it'd be giving us a better return. So, um, but those I gave Rob like a really good version of it, and then like I sent him another version. I'm like, Rob, we're gonna have to watch the crappy VHS version <laughs> with the hissing audio for for like what 105 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, I actually liked it. I liked the like the crackles and stuff of the VHS tape. And there's one part where the whole screen just like goes blue for a second. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> That's the way to watch uh, an old Disney Channel movie. <laughs> there's a charm to it. There is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, but I guess we should get into the actual uh, film itself. All right. Yes. Zach's choice. Pixel. Perfect. So, Zach, what made you pick it? Is this, do you love it? What's, what's, the, uh, what's the story? Why did this one pop out? Uh, for Music Movie Month for you. Well, folks, um, like I said a couple weeks ago, I wanted to talk about Vox Lux. So I kind of, like, instead of just telling them, like, Rob, I want to talk about Vox Lux. I said, Rob, how about we talk about music movies? And as soon as I put the the M word in there, Rob's like, sure, rubber stamp. And I'm like, aha. (laughs) And I realized, oh, wait, I can think of a music movie now that would fit in here. And so I'm thinking about music movies, and I think at this point everybody knows my taste in music. And I'm like, what can I do? Because I had another movie in mind that I, I that's that's less of a cinemati, but it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I want to save that for like another series. So I didn't want to do that. And I'm thinking about okay, what are, what other like music movies? So I thought about a couple because really there's a couple of Disney Channel. Funny enough, I actually had I brought it down to like three or four Disney Channel movies. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's like a Lemonade Mouth which has, like, Haley Kiyoko in it. And I'm like, oh, it'd be so much... Because there's such a great story about her that mm-hmm. I want to talk about so badly. I might, I just mind up saying it now. But I'm like, okay, I want to do that. And I'm like, well, they're stuck in the suburbs, which is what, this is probably my favorite Disney Channel movie. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that has music in it, though. But the music really isn't, like, the focal point of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, then we could talk about High School Musical. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, then, like, oh my god, that'd be great. But I'm like, I really like, I I enjoyed those movies when they came out. Like, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, the funny thing, like people complain about those movies a lot, like when they were like the big thing. But they're well made movies. 
Like okay. they're not they're not banned. Like they're directed by Ken, like, the choreography and the directing is like done by like Kenny Ortega. Maybe not the choreography, but the directing it definitely mm-hmm. was him. And, like Kenny Ortega is like a world class like music director. Like when it comes to this stuff, so like you can't really attack that. It's like it's it's is it schmaltzy as hell? Yeah, <laughs> but there's really nothing to really mock it. I'm like, oh, pixel perfect. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, this is this is kind of like the same thing that Rob did with like Star Wars, the Clone Wars, with the beep boop trash can and the <laughs> sentience of droids. I'm like, he's gonna have an absolute field day with this. The fact that the hologram's essentially like, like a sentient creature that knows all like I I came down to like I guess people should know like when it comes to like me picking cinematis, I don't just pick something that I like because then it becomes like men, women, and children, and it's me mm-hmm. defending it to Rob. But I realize if I pick something that Rob can't explain easily. It'll be a much more engaging <laughs> conversation. As I will. It's kind of like giving him a Rubik's Cube, but you deliberately, like, you rearrange some of the pieces so it never works out properly. Yeah, I'm, de- yeah. I'm deliberately spiking the ball on purpose for him. Um, but no, that's kind of the reason why I picked it. It's not my favorite Disney Channel movie. Like, don't get me wrong, I love this growing up. Like, I remember when, I remember when this first, like, came out in January of 2004. Like, mm-hmm. we, with my parents, we used to do, like, some t- occasionally we do, like, a pizza night. And we'd like rent a movie from Blockbuster or something. Mm-hmm. And we'd watch as we ate pizza. And I'd pick this to watch. I remember like before it watched, my, my mother asked me like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, just watch it. I can't explain it. And then when it was over, she's like, yeah, I guess you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much my entire, like, again, I have the soundtrack. Um, like this is a really big movie with me and my nephew, mm-hmm. um, which is still going to be bleeped out. Okay. <laughs> and uh no, exactly. We listen to the soundtrack. We definitely like laughed at a lot of the stuff in this, like the uh the, the moist towelettes. Like oh, we found yes. that absolutely hysterical in like the one song that they have. Yeah. <laughs> the, don't we we'll insert the clip here because we have all the we have all the official music. seconds of song every single time we hear them yep yeah um, and even yeah, the way the, the the like the the guy who runs that club the way he like says the word moist towelettes he's like moist towelettes it's like so crazy <laughs> like yes. his his pronunciation is just like moist towelettes you're up weird for that one phrase <laughs> oh yeah it's like there's a like, even like as, as a child there, there was a lot that you like this movie was weird Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's my first question for Rob because obviously I'm the one with the 15 years of backstory for this. Yeah. When you had to watch, this, did, I, did I give you any context on this? Um, I don't believe so. I think when when you first sent it to me and we planned on doing it, um, I was like, Zach, I, I see that it's a Disney Channel movie, and that's all. Like I stopped looking after that. <laughs> and then Zach, you definitely did tell me about the, um, you know, the the uh, technology aspect that I have, you know complained about many times before so i kind of went into it with that in mind but that's it i think that's all you you gave me and i should say that even though i was an avid watcher of the disney channel when i was younger i don't think i saw this and i definitely don't remember it so either i never saw it or i saw it and i kind of forgot about it um so it was kind of like i was seeing it for the first time uh for this recording so with that being said what are your thoughts on it i in nutshell do you agree is it a weird movie Oh, oh, yes. I totally believe it's a weird movie. Um, I, I would say maybe like the first bit of it 
um, you know, from the from the the setup and then just the initial creation of the hologram. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I I see it's a kids movie. They're trying to do like some some scientific technology technological stuff, but you know, you have problems where like the what the main character Roscoe he's he has like a three D hologram and he talks about it in terms of pixels. But, you, but pixels are two-dimensional. you got to talk about it in terms of voxels. And I'm like, okay, Zach's going to love this conversation. <laughs> but then then I, I like slowly started to realize as I get more into the – like the hologram is like, what does rain feel like? And then, you know, it's it's the boardroom meeting with the, with the record people. And the guy's like, I'm going to start a division to look into hologram ethics. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is Black Mirror before <laughs> Black Mirror. I if I remind me or correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but you have not seen Black Mirror, right? All I know is that it's Charlie Brooker Twilight Zone. Yes, it has. It has. I would say there's. I don't know. Maybe what twenty episodes total? Maybe even a little less. At least fifty percent of the episodes are exactly about this concept. Like, can we can we give sentience to like technology and holograms and stuff? And then where do we store them? I, I was like, oh, my God, this is Black Mirror before Black Mirror. <laughs> so I kind of was blown away by that because, I, it, like, putting consciousness into a technology or, like, putting another person's consciousness into someone else's brain, that's a big thing in Black Mirror. And this movie does that as well at the end when <laughs> one of the girls slips into a coma, which threw me for a loop as well. <laughs> yeah. So So that's kind of where it went, is where I was just, like kind of blown away that the Disney Channel did something this weird and this kind of, you know, is the hologram alive? Is it not? And, and oh, it was, it was crazy. So I, I, sh- I have to say, Zach, I loved it for that aspect. I love watching it and kind of just like the craziness that it threw at me and how similar it is to Black Mirror. I think we found the precursor to Black Mirror. Charlie Brooker saw this one time and was like, I got it. I got it. Where's John Hamm? We need him in that episode. <laughs> John Hamm is in an episode where he puts somebody's consciousness in like this weird time loop or something to try and extract information from him. And oh my God, Black Mirror, everybody. If you like Black Mirror, watch this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it's funny. I looked up, I was, I listened to one podcast today. So I just wanted to get a feel for like, again, like Rob Boy asked, like, asked me, like, oh, what's like the popular consensus on this? Mm hmm. I listened to a podcast, and that's pretty much what they said. Uh, the two people that were doing—I'm not going to say the name of the podcast because the two people that were like doing it were really obnoxious, and they were full of themselves. Okay, but like they say, basically, it's like, oh, it's an episode of Black Mirror. Like that seems to be the consent. Like people who are like looking at this in the same like, I guess, post Black Mirror era that we're mm-hmm. in right now, and it's like, oh, that seems to be the thing people automatically draw lines to. It's like, oh, it's that okay. for kids. Because, like, it's funny, as I was rewatching it for this recording, I had not seen this in years. Like, it had to be, like, since I, like, remember they did the 100th anniversary thing, which I think was, like, three or four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And even then, I think I didn't watch it too closely. It was just kind of, like, background noise. And I remember, like, like I said, I was, in fact, like, not infatuated, but, like, I really enjoyed this. And I did not pick up on how weird this thing was. <laughs> like, I, I, this is one of those things, much like Cat in the Hat. This is the same time frame as that, where it's like, oh, there were so many just kind of like low-key weird things for children yeah. at this time yep. that were kind of just disguised and kind of dressed up in a way 
that like, oh, you don't realize how weird this is. Because like, I, as I was watching, I kind of looked at it more under the lens of a cinemati. And like the whole thing where she goes into like the search engine or the internet oh, and yep. the search engine is a giant like engine with like like a cab on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm that like, was I thought that was great. I was like, OK, you know, we got a little influence from the Matrix now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a Matrix thing. But then, like, 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 especially the ending, though, because I'm, I'm watching it and again, I, I kind of knew like the general plot beats. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does Loretta... I, okay, I guess we should, should we explain the plot of this like before we start delving. I guess I guess so. It? That's probably yeah, because because uh, we've talked about hologram. It's like Black Mirror. I already mentioned someone falls into a coma. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe some movie. yeah maybe some structure would be good. <laughs> okay, this is the plot of it. Uh, we have oh God, I don't even know who's the main. Like, who would you even call the main character of this? Um, mm, I would say the what Ricky Ullman, the, the kid, the guy, the boy. Okay, Roscoe. Okay. Roscoe, so, yeah. But okay, so you have, <laughs> welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. <laughs> I don't get that reference. Um, so you have a, it's a Martin Lawrence movie where he plays Roscoe Jenkins. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> That's so, the only reference. <laughs> okay, good. So uh, Roscoe Ricky Ullman, who actually goes by his like his his real name now, Revive Ullman. Mm, yeah, it's really fun. I, I like that Disney like like we can't have you have a name like that. We're calling you Ricky. It's like <laughs> your name will disenfranchise people. Um, I just find that funny. But anyway, though, so uh, Ricky is a guy who's very smart, apparently, mm-hmm. whose father works for a technology company, and he's friends with this girl named Sam, who has a band with two other females, and they're like, I- I'd say they're like a decent teenage girl high school band. Yeah, yeah. They can play their own instruments. They don't just like sing and dance like the moist towelettes. Mm-hmm. And they go to an audition run by off-brand Simon Cowell, <laughs> who's clearly off-brand Simon Cowell. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, during the audition, the the main girl Sam, who's like the writer of all their songs, is told like, unless you have like essentially, like, he says this in the most like Disney five way possible, unless you got sex appeal, you ain't got it, honey. Yeah. And so they're like, we have to find a lead singer. They they try finding a lead singer, but it doesn't. It's weird. Like they have auditions, but somehow Roscoe's already determined that the auditions are all for naught because he's already created the hologram. Yeah. It's not explained how he knows any of this. He just knows it somehow. Yeah, and it's explained <laughs> that his father doesn't even understand any of this, but he knows it somehow. And he creates the hologram of Loretta Modern, which is a Beatles reference. I know. I the whole movie. I was waiting for waiting for them to say something like "Get back, Loretta," <laughs> and yeah. just really like hit us over the head with it. <laughs> Movie's too busy making Avril Lavigne references for that, Rob. <laughs> okay, okay. The one girl has like eight Avril Lavigne posters in the room. She might have more Avril Lavigne posters in her, in her room than I have Star Wars posters. Which is saying something. I I picked up on that, and then I read the IMDb trivia, <laughs> and one of the trivia points is posters of Avril Lavigne are shown in the movie, and I'm like, that's not trivia. <laughs> You didn't notice the giant, like twenty-four by thirty-six inch posters with the words "Avril" on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in case you're oblivious to that. Um, so he creates the hologram of Loretta Modern. Everybody's kind of wowed by it, except for Sam, who's our main girl. They have like, oh god, they have, oh god, they have the. I'm trying to think which comes first. They have the the talent, not the talent show. They have the like school like dance, right? Was like yeah. kind of like their like their maiden act. 
Yeah, yeah, it's because um, the the infectious measles are supposed to play. Yes, the infectious but, measles got caught the measles. Uh, no, there. Uh, he says their lead singer gets chicken pox. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it's played like so because it's supposed to be. I don't know what the principal, or the vice principal of the school, or something like yeah. that. Like he comes out on stage and he's like, "I bet you're all ready to hear the infectious measles." Well, their lead singer got chicken pox. Like it's so clearly a joke. Like are set up to be a joke, but. It still maybe 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 chuckle a little bit because <laughs> of how corny it is. Yes, exactly. I know all of you here are waiting to catch the infectious measles tonight. Uh, I'm sorry to say that the, the infectious measles will be performing as their lead singer has the chicken pox. But uh, some of your very own schoolmates have volunteered. To fill in for them. Now, now, come on! Don't be disparaging, okay? But since that got the they got the chicken pox or whatever, uh, we get like you said their first big act with uh, Loretta. And I guess we should mention their band is named the Z- the Zeta Bites. Well, that brings so, up a question I have for you. Sure. How many bites are in a Zeta bite? Ooh, ten to the twenty-first. Is that real? Yeah. Oh yeah. Zeta, it's a I trillion a- gigabytes. Yep. Oh my god! So you're telling think, me someone who whoever wrote this actually had something in mind? I yeah. When when they said the name of the band was Zetabytes, I was like, that's a real thing. I mean, it was probably barely used back in 2004, but now tons of stuff are you know in the size of Zetabytes. Uh-huh, interesting. The next thing is a next thing is a Brontabyte. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely you know they had that technology uh, aspect in there, which they got that right, but they didn't. They used a pixel instead of voxel, which or like texel or anything. It's just like, okay, we're gonna use Zetabyte as a band name. That's fun, but when it's serious, we'll just use whatever words we want. We're gonna use words that kids can understand. Exactly. <laughs> so they have the first performance at like the school dance. They go over well. At that point, they have another like rehearse or like an audition in front of off-brand Simon Cowell, right? Yeah, because they have the um, they have Loretta now, and that was yeah. his problem that they couldn't they couldn't dance. Yep. Okay, so then he's like, oh. We're going. It's like, oh, there's gonna be a talent scout coming, like, like that night or the next night. And he's yep. like, and they're like, oh, is it uh, like Discount LL Cool J? Yeah, his rap name is, or his, he's a talent scout now, but he was a rapper for the record label, and his rap name was D Fib because his name is like Daryl Fibley or something like that. So D Fib, like you know, defibrillator. <laughs> yep. Oh God, yeah. Played, played by none other than Chris Williams, who is in a little bit of everything. Uh, I think I know him best. He is Crazy Eyes Killer from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, he's a really hardcore rapper that Larry gets involved with. He's also in Silicon Valley. I don't know if Zach has seen that. I have not. But yeah, he, oh, Chris Williams has been everything. And he was the one person in this, other than Ricky Ullman, who I know from uh, Law & Order's VU in the episode with Louis Black. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, wow, he's in this, you know, doing some Disney movies back in 2004. All right, because I, I always viewed him, like, I, I see him now, it's like, discount LL Cool J. Oh, like, definitely. <laughs> like, that, that's like, the vibe I just got. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, I, I get it. And so um, he comes, sees them act, like, do their act. He has, like, a Back to the Future moment where he calls up, like, the head of the record label. And it's like, it's yes. like, you hear this? Oh, my God. It screamed Back to the Future. Like, when he when he even called the person, I'm like, hold the phone out and scream it. Like, just say the line. And he does. <laughs> I just wanted it to be like, you know, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, whoever in, it's like Chuck, he's like, it's Marvin, Marvin. 
it's your cousin Chuck. Listen to this. I wanted him to say just like that line <laughs> word for word so badly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's blatantly again once again. I don't want to say ripping off, but it's clearly in that direction of Back to the Future. Oh yeah, yeah. And then after that, like, oh, they've been signed to like, like, oh god, they've signed a record deal. Yeah, and that's that's also that performance is when it becomes public knowledge that she's a hologram. Yeah, which is not really even a secret beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not even like it's weird because it's funny. They never make the hologram thing into like a big like shock reveal. Like every single time people find out about it, it's like by accident. But there's not enough like dramatic stakes at the time for anyone to really care. Yeah, they play it like it's it's almost normal. Like everybody's like, "Well, that's weird, but okay, we accept it and move on." And that. That is part of the reason why it screams Black Mirror to me so bad. Because that's exactly what Black Mirror does. It's like, hey, this is some random setting. This is just the way things are. Deal with it. Like, there's no backstory into, like, you know, why you can rape people in society or, you know, why you can, you know, block people. And it's just like, this is how it is. Deal with it. And so that's exactly how this played, the hologram stuff. It was just like, yeah, you know, we could make what there's that one scene where someone's like, what's next? Hologram pets? And Ricky Ullman's like, yeah, I've done that. That was before humans. <laughs> Like he said it's played straight, like it's like, oh, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's unnatural, it's unwholesome. She is completely harmless. What's next? Holographic pets? Well, I've got a holographic pet. So, uh, you have that, um, they, like we get like a montage of them, like, oh, they're like, they're like, what, below the marquee, and then like over time, they're on top of the marquee. And the like they are, um, they are the main act, and in one of their shows, the opener is the infectious measles so they've even surpassed them yes the true mark of talent it's you yeah. beat the infectious measles um <laughs> we have all that this whole time the friends uh, the sam who's the technically the quasi head of the band is like getting more and more jealous mm-hmm. of loretta and at this point it's like like they're implied like, it's okay I think we've broken down the plot for the most part, right? Like, we, we've explained what's happening in this. So we can now kind of get into specific, like, scenes, moments. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess the only thing is, you know, once they sign the record deal, the movie goes full Black Mirror and becomes very much about, like, hologram and AI ethics. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is a slight premature in, like, 2004. Definitely, yep. <laughs> okay, so, like, okay, breaking down, like, moments from this. Because, like, at, after a while... Like the friend Sam, clear like they, it's weird. They make out that like she has like a crush on Ricky, or I'm sorry, Roscoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like oh, like it kind of just comes out of nowhere. It's like a plot, like like an element of the plot where it's like like he goes up to her because there's at one point okay, the first like performance with Loretta happens, mm-hmm. and the friend uh, Roscoe's friend who needs help with math homework. But it's also the son of the father's boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, like my mother's about to fire your father, Roscoe. Yeah. But if you get me a date with Loretta, I'll have her reconsider. Yeah, that I, I totally found bonkers. I was like, okay, kids movie, sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like kids movie, sure. But like, that's a, like, that's a really crappy friend. Like if you have a friend that comes up to you, oh, it's yeah. like the only way, like, your father is about to be fired. I might be able to play a part in saving him. And the only way I'm going to help him is by you getting, like arranging a date for me. I'm like, like that's such a weird thing in a Disney movie that people just like brush over. Like, that, think about it. If this was any other like Disney movie or show, that would be the plot. 
Like oh, having yeah. a friend that's trying to like extort a date out of you. Like, especially <laughs> in today's culture, the whole idea of just using that, like, like a guy, again, that's, that's toxic masculinity 101. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do not use your friends to get dates or use your, your <laughs> friend's parents like work. Um, <laughs> Like, again, there's so many layers. Like, again, this is such a weird movie. Really yeah, oh, is. yeah, definitely. Like, even beyond, like, the Black Mirror aspects of it, it's amazing that, like, Disney Green... I guess they didn't care in, like, 2003. It's like, we're swimming in all that Pirates of the Caribbean money. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Here's $4 million. <laughs> I guess we should point out that the, that the director of this, like, originally was, like, a special effects person in Hollywood. Oh, and they, okay. And they worked on, like, The Abyss, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And wow. oddly enough, they're the... The director of Pixel Perfect, which who is okay, it's not going to tell me who the director is. Okay, the director of this is Mark Dippe. He's also the director of Spawn. Todd oh McFarlane man, Spawn. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that incredible when you think about it? Yeah, I'm way more f- familiar with Spawn than I am this movie, and that is mind blowing. <laughs> It's nuts, folks. That's awesome. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, too, based on... And I think one of the writers for this was, like also wrote um, Goosebumps episodes. Oh, fantastic. Neil Shusterman. He did um, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. Okay. And did um, Animorphs and did the episodes wow. The Ghost Next Door, Part 1 and 2 of Goosebumps, mm-hmm. Awesome Ants... Night of the Living Dummy 3, Parts 1 and 2, and uh, The Werewolf Fever Swamp, Part 1 and 2. Man, the Ants episode is crazy. <laughs> the All about awesome Ants or whatever it was. That's an insane episode. <laughs> yeah, see, so there's a lot. And plus, it's had a budget of $4 million. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I don't know what they were smoking in the Disney like boardroom, like yeah. Disney Channel boardroom in like 2003, but it must have been something really good. Jeez, yeah, that's insane. Like it is. It's it's a weird like lot of talent. Yeah. Wow. I never would have known. Cool. So okay. So you have the date. I want to highlight the date. Okay. And and you have the date and like I mean like the romance. Oh, okay. She has the okay. Samantha has the crush on Ricky, mm. and like he goes up to her and is like, "How would you like to go out Saturday night?" Her face just like lights up. And she's oh, like, yeah. Where are we going? He's like. How about a double date with like my dumb friend in the computer? And it's like, and she's like completely turned off by this. Yes. And it's, and like it slowly goes from like that to like, oh, she's like, she wants, like she's interested in him. And he's just oblivious to her. And then like out of nowhere, it goes to he's in love with the hologram. Yes. That definitely, you know, ramps up very quickly his feelings for. For the hologram. <laughs> well, I don't even think at that point they've a stat. Like, it's a weird sort of like, oh god, like they. What would you call it? Like a fait accompli? Because like, there's no point in this where like we see him like falling. Like he's more infatuated with the hologram as like a piece of like art. That he's yeah. Constantly just meticulously trying to refine. Like, I yeah. Know one of the themes of this is like perfect. Like, how perfection is unattainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always like it's it's like a, it's like a, an illusion. It's like it's always within grasp, but it's always out of reach. And like, oh, like he's always fine tuning her. And then like, they're, like he's, oh, I'm sorry, Samantha's like, oh, like you're in love with her. And then like, it's like then after she keeps saying that to him a few times, that he starts to like try to like feel up the hologram. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's like, like if you like if you take the scene of him trying to touch her, the hologram, and put it earlier in the movie, then it would make sense. Yeah, you're talking about the scene where the hologram is like, can you explain how? Can you explain to me how it is to feel that one? Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. That would make a lot more sense about like halfway through the movie, as opposed to like the last like what quarter of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Definitely, and, and that's what I mean. So like, there's a weird like, there's a romance there, and it's like he's clearly not interested in her. Like mm-hmm. Roscoe is not interested in Samantha at all. Yeah, and there's even that he says that to the dad when the dad's on the the Bluetooth phone thing at, at near the beginning when he's at there at like the breakfast table yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and that's meant to like illustrate that he's not interested in her. Yeah. And then like, and it's not until that like oh like the hologram disappears. And we'll get to the ending of this. The the ending of this is insane. Yes. But yeah. but. Like, it's not until the ending where it's like, oh, like, he kisses her at the very end. And it's like, oh, wait, like, when did he start getting feelings for her? Like, this, this mm-hmm. again, it comes out, like, it's again, it's like, oh, why does he have feelings for her? Because the script tells him to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's, again, I'm not expecting, like, like a, a well-written plot from a, from a Disney Channel original movie. But it's like, maybe you think someone would, like, <laughs> would have looked at this and been like, okay, maybe there has to be a moment where like something, maybe when like Loretta disappears into the internet, like Roscoe has like a panic moment. And then mm-hmm. like, like Samantha's the one that calms him down and comforts him. And he realizes like, oh, this is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, there can always be another Loretta, but there's not going to be another Samantha. And that would tie into big what happens to her in the end when she goes into like yeah. this weird like comatose state. No, we get a scene of her in the internet being chased by like, like pixel dog, like red pixel dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Like you need those sort of like quote unquote action sequences mm-hmm. to keep like eight year olds going. But you can still have those sequences. But like cut, like instead of having another moist towelettes moment, <laughs> it's like why not have that sequence? Like, like having them in a bedroom for like a minute doesn't it's gonna cost a lot less than having her chased by internet dogs and a bunch of like aol icons going like danger danger malware yep yep like that's the weird thing about this is like old like like it's an interesting like it's for a disney channel original movie this is a clever concept mm-hmm. like i almost almost want to say this is like too too much of a highbrow of a concept for them <laughs> yeah i don't remember of the disney movies i do remember they definitely weren't anywhere near um as you know uh, like a, a thought experiment like this, where it's like, yeah, is it alive? Exactly. Is it not alive? Yeah. Because like, I, like before a couple of minutes ago, I went and looked through like, like we were talking about like, like how they stopped making as many Disney Channel original movies as they used to. Mm-hmm. Like I found the list of like when I started getting into them, and really the fr- like the first Disney Channel movie I can like remember like watching was like the Even Stevens movie. Okay. Like, where, where like they're like, oh god, they're like pranked and they're on the island. Like it's it's oh. like they're being like videotaped. Yeah, and I, that was like my first one I remember. Then like the next one that came out, I think in June of two thousand three, mm-hmm. and the next one was like Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff, where it's like, oh, it's like um, the kid. Oh, that, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's very High School Musical esque. The kid is like a like a, a baseball player, and he wants to cook, and like oh, like his teammates like reject him for it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's, there's a doesn't lot. His of stuff. dad isn't his dad like pissed off that the yeah. kid wants to cook instead of play baseball? But then doesn't the dad like help him win Iron Chef at the end or whatever? Yeah, yeah, he tries. The father comes like this. I think you're allowed like an assistant. And okay, the father, yeah. Like, the father like leaves the game at the end to help him, and uh, Bobby flays it at the very end for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby flays it. Go figure. Um, like you have that, and the very next one was the Cheetah Girls. 
Okay. Which is like a huge, huge thing. Like according to Wikipedia, it had 6.5 million viewers like in its like initial broadcast. Man. And then you had things like they started doing like more like cutesy stuff like Full Court Miracle, which is about like uh, a group of like young Jewish basketball players who search for a co- coach to help them like find mm-hmm. like nothing really noteworthy. Um, then like the very next one after that was like Pixel Perfect. Oh, wow. Okay. Then you have like Going to the Mat, which is, I'm guessing, some sort of wrestling movie with people in high school. Then you had like the Xenon Z3. Oh, okay. The Xenon movies. Then it was like Stuck in the Suburbs, which was, uh, again, like they, they got a little bit, they got more and more commercial where you had the girl from A Sweet Life of Zach and Cody mm-hmm. and uh, Danielle Panabaker. And like you had the guy who eventually showed, I think, what's his name? Um, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Taron Killiam from SNL. No, oh, he, okay. like, he, was, he was the pop star in that, and then like things would be like, then oh my, oh it's my probably my favorite Disney Channel movie ever, Tiger Cruise, starting Hayden Pantier and Bill Pullman, where she like he is the the oh god like the admiral on an aircraft carrier, okay, and she's like like an army brat, but like, again I guess navy brat, mm-hmm. and they're on the like, naval like, uh, the aircraft carrier during nine eleven. Oh jeez. <laughs> I, this, this, that, I, a lot of the other ones you you listed, I I vaguely remembered or remembered in great detail, but I I don't recall that at all. <laughs> like I've only seen it like once, like when it aired in like August of like two thousand four. I've mm-hmm. never seen it since. But I remember I remember watching it because like I I, I love these movies. I love like Pixel Per. I love like the soundtrack. I have this. I have the Xenon soundtrack still. Okay. And um, I remember when the Tiger Cruise one came out. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this is weird. Like, and that's what if you look at it, like, like how I said, like you have like full court miracle where it's like the Jewish basketball students, then you have like going to the match. So, like they would alternate between like like a very pulpy like premise, yeah, and then it would be like really, really like grounded, serious. Okay, okay. And I guess it, and then like it would go to things like Halloween Town, um, and then like yep. it would be um, oh god, like the Proud Family movie, Twitches. Uh, then like 2000, like the very first 2006 one was High School Musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like, and like now you look at like now like they only do like two a year. Like last year they did Zombies, mm. and they did like a remake of Freaky Friday, and then this year all they've done so far is like they did a, a live action Kim Possible movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about that. Okay. And that's why I mean those. So, like this was like I guess it's not like super weird. But, like, mm-hmm. compared to what they were doing, this was clearly their sci-fi Disney Channel movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, are there any scenes in this that you, like, want to highlight specifically? Because I have a couple more in mind. Oh, yeah, I definitely have some scenes. But but while we're on the topic of these Disney Channel movies, um, is this, is Pixel Perfect going to be on Disney Plus when it comes out? Do you think we'll be able to see this in, in the quality it deserves? <laughs> well, I guess you'd be pointing out that, like, Pixel Perfect is not hard to find if you're willing to spend money for it. Okay. Because, like, you can get it right now on, like, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Amazon Prime Video. Okay. Like, it's, it's, it is accessible if you want to go looking for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this is not, like, this is more like if you, like, I know some of these ones you can, like, type them into YouTube and they'll be there because Disney doesn't care. Sure. But, like, this is one of those ones that it's firmly behind the paywall. Okay, okay. And they haven't, Disney hasn't like started pulling it from everywhere. So they'll have it only on the streaming service. <laughs> that's, I don't know. We have, I haven't thought about that, whether they're going to pull everything from uh, other. Yeah, that's a good point. Are they going to pull things from like iTunes and Amazon Prime? Like, not like the, not like Netflix, mm-hmm. but like, like places where you, like, you, you spend yeah. like, one time fee. That's interesting. I wonder if they're going to start doing that. They, they're going to start pulling it from other, other uh, sh- like uh, streaming services that aren't just streaming. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good, good question. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good question. I know that if this is on there, and uh, if Brink is on the Disney streaming service as well, I'll, I'll give them. I'm going to give them 140 bucks for a year. <laughs> I'm going to give they them more the money. money. <laughs> yeah. And you know, of course, I just want the holiday special as well. <laughs> well, we we can only dream about that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Right on. Okay. So yeah, we'll see if this uh, this pops up on Disney Plus later in the year. That's later in the 2019, right? Yes. That okay. Would be November November 12th, 2019, folks. Oh, yep. Okay. Okay. Well, yes. So some scenes I want to highlight. Absolutely. I think I think I do have a favorite scene in this movie, um, and it's the audition scene so yeah, before, yeah, or, yeah. right on that when we first get introduced to the um the audition scene which also introduces that uh, roscoe can drive right yeah, yeah. like he's a high school student that can drive completely on his own and even with other high school students i, I don't know what state they're in but i don't, I don't think he can do that <laughs> but the movie needed transport so they didn't want the dad hanging around the whole time but when we get introduced to the audition scene, we get like a great bit of slam poetry. Oh yeah. And and what that girl like it starts, she says something like, My life is a library book that I forgot I took. I dropped it in the sand. Now I owe a hundred grand. And it just keeps going. And I was like, I love this. I was like, I want to hear more of this. But then like what the girl gets embarrassed or something and runs out when Roscoe shows up. We will put the clip in because it's great. I loved that part of the movie. (laughs) My life is a library book that I forgot I took. I dropped it in the sand and I owe a hundred grand. My life is a library book. My life is a dumb school song that I keep singing wrong. Oh, hell to our school. I feel like a fool. My life is a dumb school song. My life is a math exam, and I forgot to cram. The teacher's got some nerve, and someone blew the curb. My life is a math exam. My life is a bad school lunch. It ain't no Sunday brunch. I try to scuff it down, but it comes back around. My life is a bad school lunch. Wow, I was really something. That scene is probably the only thing in this that would make it funny for like, like if you showed this to like an eleven-year-old today, mm-hmm. that would probably be the only scene that would resonate. Because like other than that, yeah. the rest of the movie is just kind of like, eh. Like like the technology is so like like oh god, the the technology and everything they're kind of talking about is so antiquated, and mm-hmm. like you've already pointed out, so kind of like erroneous now. Yeah, it's like oh, but I think that scene is just for, like that one moment. It's, it's not even like it's not. It's like a shot almost. It's not even a scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's great. Oh yeah, I I love it. I need to like memorize the entire thing and perform it places. <laughs> yeah, coffee shops and like open mic yeah. night. Yeah, do an open mic night. Be like, this is my slam poetry. It is adapted from the 2004 Disney Channel original movie Pixel Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a great scene. Some of the other um, auditions they get are, are pretty cool too. Like what? There's the the girl who's like playing guitar, but she's singing really badly. Or you know, it's not the worst singing, but it's you know, there's no tempo to it. And then she's like, "I'm I love you guys so much when you played at my my sister's sweet sixteen or whatever. Like I want to do anything to be in the band." And then Roscoe's like, "Get the fuck out of here! I got a hologram to show everybody." <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that one girl because like, yeah, she's not great, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's potential here. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, like that, like yes, like that's a like I don't want to say diamond in the rough, but it's like, oh, you could work like if you were like holding auditions for a band, and you saw her, like, if that girl walked in, you'd be like, you know what, we could work with this. Yeah, that's not clay you can mold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like and like you said, Roscoe's like get, I takes her guitar, like, throws it out the window. And it's like, <laughs> I got, I have like 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 an echo. I have like an Amazon Echo that has a hologram built into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of that container as well. Like like an Echo or something like that. One of those uh, you know, digital assistants or whatever. I was like, this is this is exactly like, you know, today's life. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like yeah, that but that scene is great. Like that oh, is just yeah. like, oh, that's fantastic. Do they, your... do they audition anybody else? Is because there's the slam poetry girl, there's the there's, not so good girl, there's someone else, right? Yeah, there's somebody else. Okay, um, okay, we, oh, we have the um, oh god, the oh god, the, the Irish or, or the, the, the uh, oh, oh my god, the, dance, the step oh, dancer, yeah, step she's doing dancer, the step yes. dancing. Oh, that's right, she's not singing, she's just dancing. <laughs> yeah, oh, because they're looking for somebody who can sing and dance, and she's just showing off the dancing. Okay, that's right. <laughs> and the whole time, Roscoe is sitting in a bathtub. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's there just to wait for everyone, all the other auditions to finish so he can show the, the hologram off. It's like, why why were you there the whole time? <laughs> You're just friends with the band. That's what I mean, though. Like, it's weird. Like, dude, like ugh. the other two women in the band, like, don't even, like, almost, like, address him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's like, you're just, like, again, I guess, like, the plot is we need a band, so we need to have two other members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. Like they're there more. Like they're less there as characters and more like glorified set dressing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't really have much to do at any point in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is there a bathtub in the loft above the garage? Um. He's sitting in a bathtub. Like he's legit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely. Oh yeah, I noticed it. Yeah, that's a good. That's one of those little weird touches for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's not the Robin I made movie. It's like we need a place for our main character to sit. Where should he be sitting? A chair? A couch? And Rob's like, they have a bathtub anywhere nearby. We need a bathtub. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, it, that's a good point. Yeah. But getting back to your point with like Roscoe in the car, I get, I'm guessing they're supposed to be like 17. Like they're, they're not like teenagers as in like 13 year olds. Yeah, they're definitely um, in high school. They, yeah. I think they established that. And so I, I would imagine they're on the older end of, of high school. Yeah, but I think it's interesting too. Like, there's like at least what, like one sequence at the school, or maybe even two, and like the school is once again just like it's it's a set. It's like it has no like yeah. you could very easily like have this take place like during the summer. Like the mm -hmm. school has no impact on any of this. Like, there's never any mention of like like someone's parents being like, oh, why aren't you focusing on school? Or <laughs> like like it's weird. Like there's 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 students. And it's made very clear that there's students. That's not any element of this. That's a yeah. That's a good point because even in the scene when they go and talk to the um the record label people, his, Roscoe's dad is with them, and the dad is more nervous than Roscoe is. Yeah, and, like, and it's like and it's like I get that it has something to do with his job, but he's just like, okay, you know, my kid. My kid is basically going to drop out of school, but he, you know, he made my program more efficient and saved my job so he could do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah, like, there is like, I guess this is the part that is very Twilight Zoney, is that there's this very like, oh God, like subtle disconnect from reality. Yeah, yeah. Where like it takes place in the real world, but just just enough that like it's not jarring. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that I guess there's something uh, there's something very surreal about this, but in a subtle sort of way. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once again, like you said, Twilight Zone and the Black Mirror we've been talking about, it has that that same flavor to them. You know, it's like, this is the world, accept it. And then you have just kind of that creepiness or that strangeness that lingers in the background. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, oh God, it's, I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of say this. There's like this weird sort of just like off, like, I don't want to say like, it's like, like one note off. Like everything just seems a little peculiar. Yeah, like it's just—it's yes. like, it's like the color palette just uh, like one shade shifted from normal, and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, like it just everything just again—it's—it's it's very veiled, it's—it's thinly veiled, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I guess another thing I want to bring up is um, like, like looking at the acting in this. Like, I don't think I think all the acting by the the teenage actors is fine. Yeah, but nothing, I my, nothing. I had no problems really with the with the main characters. I should say. But I guess my question is, with the actress that plays Loretta Modern, mm-hmm. like, clearly she's being told to act deliberately wooden. Yes. But is that, did they tell her to act that way because that's how a, oh God, a sentient hologram would act? <laughs> or is it this actress couldn't act, so let's just play it off as that? Ah. She, so she, like, there are numerous times in this, like, I know she's supposed to be, like, doe-eyed, and it's like, oh, like, like, hi, Rocco. And you have all that. But it seems mm-hmm. like, like, I don't know, like, it, it's weird. Like, I, I, you get the vibe that it is a very, like, one-dimensional performance. Yeah. But I can't tell if it's like, okay, we're playing into the strengths of the actress by just the letting the character <laughs> take most of the brunt for it. Yeah. Or is it just, okay, like, this woman can't really act. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Because I definitely, you know... Um... I, I took it as the movie was playing it as she is this sentient hologram. She's going to talk like robot-ish or, you know, automatic-esque. But then as the movie goes on and it's like, oh, well, she can sing perfectly and hit like all these different notes and stuff. I, I just was kind of, it was creeping in the back of my head. It's like, if Roscoe is going to design this uh, hologram to be able to sing perfectly, why wouldn't he be able to program it to actually be able to talk normally as well? So that that's an interesting point you bring up. Maybe she couldn't speak, act normally, or act in a in a decent way. So they put that kind of you know character burden on her. I, I could see that for sure. Yeah, because there's no mention at all in this. Like, oh, he gave her some 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 sort of like personality matrix. I think like, I know there's a one point where Samantha's going through his like office and she sees like all like the earmarks he's put on like different magazines, yeah. album covers. And there's even one point where he like, she asked him like, what would would you pull from me and put into her? <laughs> yeah. And at one point like he has like, a post it sticker on her face like a picture and it's like 14%. He crosses it off and writes like 2% or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she, she takes like serious offense to that. Yeah. And yet yep. you, there's no point in this where it's like, Oh, like, like what's her personality matrix? Like, Oh, I gave her a little bit of like Madonna, like Madonna's personality mixed with like Janet Jackson. It's like, no, there's, there's none of that whatsoever. He solely made her into like, and I guess that's maybe like the, the point it's like, it's superficial with him. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she has no personality. Cause I don't, yeah. don't think he said like she gets all of her like information from the internet. Yes. Yeah, there's even that date scene um, where you know it the 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 friend is like, oh Loretta, where are you from? And what well, Sam is like Antarctica, and so Roscoe has to like Google Antarctica, and then she can immediately like spout the facts off about it. Yeah. But that's the weird. I, okay, I don't want to delve too much into the technology of this because it's like, <laughs> oh, he has like a little like oh god, what would you call it? He has like a mini like notebook. He has like a yeah. little, like, 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 like a bite-sized laptop. And yet, like, he's like, oh, she pulls her information from the internet. 
And yeah, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, then why does he have to type in Antarctica into Google? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, like if he has to plug it in, like, that doesn't make any sense. Plus, I love his little, like, what is it, like, his little, like, bar graph that tells him when there's problems. I don't, yeah. There's, one, there's, like, one little, like, bar graph that's, like, like. The uh, error like, system, rate or yeah. something, yeah. <laughs> it actually tells him what the error rate is. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's another one of the really weird scenes in this. Like, she starts to, like, malfunction because, like, her. Her like Amazon Echo is like like oh god rolling away through the diner, yep. mm-hmm. and like she starts like like bugging out like like her lips. It's like I want to kiss, and her lips start like going like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes, yes. There's like one guy eating a bowl of soup and like like, like literally like like, like <laughs> doesn't the guy he's like blowing like a bowl of soup and he sees that he like blows it onto his date or something? Isn't there like a moment like that? Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some like you know coughing up food or something definitely. Yeah, it's it's this is such a strange ass movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very reminiscent in the restaurant of um, the Aristocats when the guy sees the mouse the my, the mouse chasing the cat, so he pours out his wine. It's like the almost the same thing, except you know the guy like checks his food to see if there's anything in it because he sees this like crazy you know person morphing their face around. <laughs> well, I went back to the scene. He's like eating a hamburger. Okay, and he's okay. looking. And he literally starts to choke on it. And he has to like, and he like, literally, he like picks the food out of his like mouth, puts it like on the plate. And he's, he's like continuing to choke. And he like takes like, a sip of like soda or something. And then he finally sees like, oh, like she's like, like he's like, I guess uh, Roscoe's like balanced her out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. And like he calms down, but it's like, then that whole subplot with the friend just disappears. Yeah. he. I don't think he comes back at all. No. <laughs> That's and the weird. and the dad gets to keep the job because the hologram, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a weird like plot element. It's like you kind of like, oh. Yeah, I agree. They just needed to get some of those effects in there and they figured that that would be the best public setting for them to do so. Yeah, it's such a like, you think there'd be a moment where like people would be asking, like, oh, like look like when Roscoe's in like in the school setting, they'd be asking, like, Roscoe, where's Loretta? Like, where's Loretta go to school? Mm-hmm. And it'd be a moment in school, and like, no, nothing like that. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that'd be a, another place to get it get it done. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a. I do I do like in the date scene when when Roscoe has to leave because his dad calls him, and his dad is like yelling at him because he saw that Roscoe did something to his hologram program, and it's it's so so fantastic where the dad says to Roscoe, "You deliberately altered my program," and Roscoe says, "No, I made it more efficient." That sounds like deliberate alteration to me. <laughs> It's like it's like you're not it's like you're not really saying anything to each other right now. <laughs> not really. Oh man. And then because the dad gets pissed, but then the dad's like, "Oh no, this is great." And so then they just team up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that's. I guess that's another thing I have with this. I don't want to get like Rob and start like analyzing the beep boop trash cans. <laughs> but I guess my thing with this, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh. And I guess it's kind of like very like low key bothered me in like two thousand four and onwards. Okay. Was that like okay? You have the meeting at the, the at the record company, and you have the head of the technology company there. Like yep. you already said, we have the moment where like the father's like pacing outside like the conference room, and they're sitting there. And at this point, they've already established that they've they've signed the data bytes to a record deal, right? Yes. Yep. So. And then we have a thing like, oh, uh, do we know the name of the company that the father works for? I think they I, have a name, I think right? they call it, yeah, they call it Skygraph, I think. Skygraph, okay. And we have that where it's like, okay, we have the president of Skygraph there with the record label. 
And it's like, oh, we're selling Loretta Modern in the hologram mm-hmm. technology. And we are like selling like the services of, of Roscoe to create more holograms. And this brings yes. up the whole thing where you said it's like AI ethics and things like that. And I'm like, well, like, and Roscoe's like, you can't do that, this, this, and that. And I'm like, well... Yeah, he has that great line where he goes, what will the holograms think about that? <laughs> and everybody in the meeting just kind of looks at him dumbfounded. <laughs> Which is true, because it's like, we, it's like someone should turn around and be like, well, you program them not to have feelings. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and, but like, I'm thinking, but like, I'm looking at it, like Rob's looking at it in the sense of like, how am I going to suck the fun out of this? I'm looking <laughs> at it in like, in practical terms. And I'm like, well... Like, yes, like he's using SkyGraph technology, so they own it. Like he's using their, yep. like, but that's the weird thing. I guess maybe you have more uh, experience on, like, yes, he's using their, like, Amazon Echo to store her in. Mm-hmm. So I guess as long as that's the only thing that he can use to display her in public, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense at all in the practical way of how <laughs> yeah. this works. But we're going to ignore that. But it's like, okay, I get that. Like, like they would own the the copyright or the mm-hmm. technology or the patent on how to display her. But would they own, the, like if this is something that Roscoe created, the father obviously did not create this. Yes. So would Roscoe own the, like obviously I would imagine Roscoe did not patent the code. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my question is that like, if Roscoe didn't patent the code, as long as he didn't share the source code with Skygraph, he technically for all intents and purposes holds all the cards. Um, it's right? a, that's a, that's a good point you bring up. Um, the Roscoe being a kid and the son of the father, I think that throws a wrinkle into it, but where I want to start is, I, I think I would have totally imagined that Skygraph is, you know, just like any of the big engineering companies that are, exist in the real world, where it's like, if you're working for us and you do anything using company, uh, intellectual property, we own it like a hundred percent. And so that right off the bat, even though the father's working at home, I would imagine, you know, Skygraph says, you know, we own all of that. It's interesting, though, because you're like you said, the father doesn't figure this stuff out. His kid does. And so maybe like there's something if I was Skygraph, I would, you know, write up his contract to be like anything you create with our products or like an agent of you creates with our products belongs to the company. That's a that's a good a good question though. I don't know if um Roscoe could like undercut that. That's the sequel where they go into like the legal battle and stuff. <laughs> well that's that's because what, what you said is what I kind of surmise. Like it's it's the whole thing. Again, I imagine with any company, like if you use our our products, not mm-hmm. products, but anything that's part of our engineering, it's ours. But yes. first, again, it's all code. So if he knows it, he can just basically say, I have this. He probably has something to back her up on, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, you would you, think so. You, you'd think. I guess we're thinking a little too practically now for a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> but, like, let's just say, but again, he could sit there and say, like, okay, first and foremost, like, the record deal with the record company would be nullified because they don't own, like, the Zeta Bites do not own Loretta Modern. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, like you said, it technically, like you said, like, if he, especially if Roscoe is underage, like, if he is under 18, yeah. Like even like any sort of contract the father would have signed with any agent of his or whatever you like any sort of extension of him, mm-hmm. it would be nullified because the kid's underage. Obviously, a minor can't in- it can't enter enter into a contract unless it's explicit. Sure, sure. So I'm like, so he could sit there, take Loretta Modern, and like put her to the side and be like, okay, I have the source code for this. It's in my head. If you want access to it, you have to do what I want. 
Like, so like, yeah, if you, okay. if you want, because they say like, oh, you and your father are going to create even more pop stars for us. Yes. So he could say, okay, if you want this, then, then you have to agree to my terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he if he would be in that position, you know, not under the contract, then absolutely. That that's what I mean, though. And the fact that I, I would imagine the fact they are in high school would imply that they're underage. Yeah, that sure. he is underage, and that's why I don't get it. Like, like he's freaking out, and I get, I, I guess, a seventeen year old in the Disney Channel movie doesn't think this sort of like, uh, <laughs> like, like, ch- like a legal chess game, like thinking like three <laughs> steps ahead of everybody else yeah, in the room. Yeah. But if you are a like again like a record company. You'd think there'd be like a point where like the record exec would be like, so like, why are we? It's like like Roscoe. We know you don't own that. Like like Loretta. Like we know that like this belongs. There'd be some line of like token line of dialogue in there. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I don't know. Like I know again, it, considering what happened, I know we haven't kind of talked about what happens at the very end of this film. Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> it. It's the least of our and what goes on during like the, the conference room sequence is the least of everybody's concerns later on <laughs> but like it's weird for a movie about technology they kind of just like the technology is kind of just thrown around like oh loretta like gets mad at roscoe disappears into the internet by touching a monitor which i think is funny in and of itself yep and like she goes to the internet we have her cute like you said it's like her traveling through the matrix and she ends up like emailing herself to samantha mm-hmm. and like i love how samantha apparently has another one of these amazon echoes in her room just like casually just plugs it in then puts yeah. like, what the sun hat on top of it so like, now you can sit here forever yep yep <laughs> thank god uh roscoe uh, disseminated the technology necessary to all these other people the two other people in the band probably have them as well <laughs> oh because <laughs> that's the weird things like he gives samantha because at one point we have like we have like a oh god like a quasi like cat fight in this between samantha and loretta oh where yeah it's like, like they're arguing because like like roscoe tells samantha like you have to like watch her my father's like like getting wise to what i'm doing Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you keep her for a couple of weeks? And Samantha's like, rrr, 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 rrr. like she, she's groveling. <laughs> yep. And so at one point, like Samantha's trying to do her homework, and Loretta's like giving her the answers, and Samantha's like, I can't learn if you do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, why don't you? It's like, just do it. Like, what's the point? And they start like bickering. He's like, Roscoe shows up. The answer is three times the square root of two. It's my homework. I've got to be the one to get it right. But you got it wrong. That's how you learn. You get it wrong until you get it right. That's such a waste of time. That just goes to show that you don't know everything. Yes, I do. Okay, maybe you do. But you don't understand any of it. You could know what a baby is. But you've never been one. You can know every type of bicycle, but you've never fallen off one and scraped your knee. You've never had to try and fail. Try and fail until you get something right. Hey, girls. How's uh, studying going? She's mad because I'm perfect. (laughs) I don't even know why I talked to her. She's not even real. She's just a trick of light. And you're nothing but water and a few pounds of chemicals. (laughs) Maybe a few more pounds than you really need. (sighs) It's not fair. I can't even smack her. He screens your calls. Oh, okay. I think we all got to calm down just a little bit. You screen my calls? Well, look, don't think about that right now. That threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, this 
this hologram is like a little vindictive now. <laughs> well, even before that moment, yes, that's the exact moment I'm talking about. But even prior to that, because it's like, like, oh God, Loretta says something like, I'm sorry, Samantha says something to Loretta like, you're just like, like, oh God, a light effect. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And Loretta's like, you're just like, uh, oh, God, oh wait, water, wait. water, and a few pounds of chemicals. That's I think. Awesome. <laughs> and then she says, and like, and Samantha starts like growling at her, yes. and Loretta's like, maybe too many, maybe one too many pounds. Yes. <laughs> and yes. It's like, oh my, <laughs> the, the hologram is insulting the girl's weight, and I'm like, that's. That is, again, that's another thing that would that would not be allowed to happen today. Like, if you were Definitely. in Disney Channel, it'd be like, nope, can't make fun of someone. Even if it's the fact that it's a hologram making the joke, can't have that. Might offend somebody. Um, someone might get anorexia from this. It's like, nope, just cross. Like, like, someone has like a giant red sharpie, just crosses that line out of the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't we talk about that once? Going through old scripts and crossing out the things that wouldn't fly anymore. That's a, this is a perfect yep. example. <laughs> yeah, after evolution, this is another example of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god, I'm trying to think. Like, that was another sequence. That I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that that threw me for a loop. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other moments in this that are really like noteworthy. We talked about the diner scene, like the double date diner. Yep. The blue um, plate, as it's called. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I really I didn't even know that. Yeah, they show. I think that's like one shot when they're leaving, where they show the uh, the outside of the diner, and it's called the blue plate. Yep. Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, we talked. To, I guess we should talk about the music. It's a music movie. We're not talking about any of the music. <laughs> well, yes, this is firmly uh, just like Vox Lux. This is firmly in Zach's wheelhouse, <laughs> as he's already mentioned. He has the official soundtrack. I do not. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, um, I, I, you know, I, I would say that I don't have any issue with the music. You know, just like a kind of with Vox Lux with that. You know, like we talked about. You know, Sia writing that very, very. Uh, almost vacuous fluff lyrics for pop songs. You know, that's kind of how I, I thought I thought about this as well. Like it fits for you know what they're doing, and because the type of, I guess you know band that they want to be and portray is exactly you know that type of music. And I I thought it was I thought it was fine. Well, I guess I I know last week you asked me in Little Shop of Horrors. You're like, oh, this is like our like musical, and you're like, mm, oh, yeah. like next week. Like you have to say this is probably the most like like oh god, when you think of like a music movie. It's like, this is not that this is what I think of, but like, this is something that's like, oh, it's a, like, I don't know, like, this is a science fiction film with a heavy emphasis on music. Yeah, yeah. But like, the music's not like a direct, like, I don't want to say heavy emphasis, but it's like a focal point, but not directly. It's kind of more just like a, a plot, like, like a, oh my lord, something that kind of carries the plot along. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's like a plot device almost. It's like, it's not, it's weird. It's, it's, it's somewhat tangential to like, Vox Lux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, with that the the touches of the music industry in this in this movie and Vox Lux, where we didn't get them and say Aristocats or Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Plus, we see the again, we see the band perform. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yep, and we do. Uh, we get the you know kind of um. We we got it in Vox Lux too, but you know, there's a the whole thing where it's like Sam is like, oh, I wrote a song. And I'm going to play it. And then Loretta's going to sing it. And like that song keeps coming back up. And it definitely has. It's what's the song where she's like, if I cut my hair, would you see me? If I changed how I look, would you see me? Like that type of stuff. It adds to that little romantic element for sure. Yeah. And that's and that's the weird thing. So I remember looking at the soundtrack for this. Mm -hmm. It only has eight songs. And it's weird because like nothing's wrong with me. Notice me. Get real. And when the rain falls are all credited to the fictional band, the Zeta Bites. Okay. Yet the one song titled "Perfectly" 
is credit to a band called Huckapoo. Mm. Never heard of them. <laughs> that's and that's what's so weird though. It's like it's funny. All the other songs that are um, uh, songs were fired by the band, and so is technically perfectly performed by Sam in the movie. Yeah, it's credited to the real band. Okay, okay. I think about, I think about, like, it had to be what studio musicians that did the Zeta Bites music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking up Huckapoo. Oh my god, the people in this band have a cr- crazy names <laughs> Twiggy Stardom. Groovy Tuesday. Oh my god. P- PJ Bardo. Joey Thunders. And then there's an ex ex member named Angel Sparks. What the Okay. Hell? What was that second one? Groovy Tuesday was the second one. I am you know what, Rob? We are okay. Do you remember back like 20 <laughs> years ago? Like McDonald's used to have like, what was it, the Moon Man guy, like it would sit there. Like, oh God! Oh, yeah, Moon definitely. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh yeah. Moon Man or something. Moon Man. Yep, yep. We are going to have a character in the Cinematis restaurant, an animatronic. We're replacing the Vox Lux animatronic. Uh, animatronic. Cinematronic. That's what we're going to call it. A cinematronic. I like it. It's going to sit there, and it's called Groovy Tuesday. And it plays the hits. Apparently, I, Groovy Tuesday is a flower child hippie. <laughs> If that makes where, it any better. Whereas Twiggy Stardom is a preppy cheerleader. <laughs> what? what does any of this mean? I have, I have no idea. But I know I know what band I'm listening to tonight. <laughs> I know. We're, next music video series, we're doing Huckapoo. <laughs> we're doing the Huckapoo hits, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The things were, oh, my God. Pixel Perfect might really be like a, a, a Twilight Zone Black Mirror sketch come to life. You know what, folks? Yes. Oh my God! I found a Huckapoo's MySpace page. What? I'm about to uh, send it to you, Zach. <laughs> All right, Rob. If it's okay with you, can we like uh, when we're editing this, we're going to insert some Huckapoo right here, right? Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. This is crazy. You stand apart, alone. Rob clicked on the MySpace page and he got a 404 message. <laughs> it, it came up, but it's very, very bare. And I don't even know what the hell this says. I don't even know what these numbers mean on MySpace. <laughs> they only have one song on. Uh, oh God. On MySpace, so I'll have to do some other digging to find find some more Huckapoo. And I guess I should point out too that even on the soundtrack, the Moist Talat song that's like all 15 seconds, but like on the album, it's like a full like three minute long song. Okay. It's, it's by a band called Jida. J A I D A. Never heard of them either. <laughs> and and the girl who played Miranda in Lizzie McGuire has a song on the soundtrack. Oh, wow. Okay. Lelaine. Lelaine. And I don't think the song is in the movie. Interesting. This is what so the, weird. Okay. Right? I mean, yeah, there's even less information on Jai, Jida. Rob, I think we found a rift in the Matrix right now. Definitely, we gotta we gotta go onto the internet and get our uh, meet up with our search engine. 
All right, I'll, 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 Rob, I'm pressing, pressing my fingers to the monitor and nothing's yes. happening right now. <laughs> I think I think like how Rob's like alias on the internet is Light News Dad. I think we found the new one. The, the succession to that is Groovy Tuesday now. <laughs> Groovy Tuesday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. P- PJ Bardo is pretty interesting, too. <laughs> I think all the interesting stuff. She's a PJ PJ Bardo is a hip hop princess. I'll have you know, okay? Not that I know what that means, but that that's how she's described. <laughs> I think it's a type of I think that would you would define the music I, if you didn't define the genre of music I listen to, it would be uh princess. Hip hop princess. I think oh, that's, that's the exact good. music I listen to. Um, that's like a genre more than a description. Um, oh man. Okay, yeah, that's a that's an interesting rabbit hole we're going to have to dive down. That's, that's bonkers. Okay, I'm trying to think. What else was in this dumb movie? The end. I, I think all I had left was the um, the ending where we get even more like Black Mirror slash Get Out type of you know brain mechanics. Because <laughs> it's weird. Because like the whole like like discount LL Cool J thing doesn't show up until halfway into the movie. Yes. Yeah. Like it's weird how that happens. I don't know. Oh yeah, and he and yeah, I guess we should mention he switches sides. Like he goes yeah. from the record company to start like his own record. Li- yeah, oh like yeah. Immediately switches sides. Like it's it's like a like immediate like turncoat for him. Yep, yep. And so um, that's how uh, uh, Loretta is gone because she she gets released into the internet, and then they're like, oh, but we have a show tonight. We're gonna have to cancel it. And they go, oh no. Or Sam, I guess, has the idea. I'm gonna pretend I'm Loretta. And I'm going to get my mother to pretend to be me. And we're still going to play the concert. And it's like, you can't dance like her. You can't sing like her. Why is this a good idea? And I know there's a little shot earlier where Sam is watching like a video of Loretta and trying to mimic her dancing, but she's just terrible at it. Like there's no montage of her getting better at dancing. And so that's when this scene starts. I'm that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, she's terrible. This is going to be a, a, a like a horrific experience. Like the band is going to like, Everybody's going to hate him or something. And I got such a better payoff where the performance goes so badly that Sam falls and goes into a coma. I was just like, whoa, didn't think it was going to be that bad, but okay. It gets dark real quick. (laughs) Yeah, she's in a coma. And then they're all in the hospital and uh, Loretta comes back because she emails herself to Sam or something. And as soon as Loretta gets back, it's like all dour and everybody's sad. And they're like, where were you? And she was like, I was in Japan clubbing it up. And she starts to dance. <laughs> and Roscoe's like, don't, don't dance. Not, not here. <laughs> Ew, that was fun. Where have you been? In Japan. Club hopping. <sighs> no, don't dance. Not here. Yeah, and then, like, and then, of course, she's like, "Where's Sam? I have to, I have to help her." And then she's like, whoa, "What's wrong with?" Whoa, oh, wait, hold, pause. Okay, can't, can't, can't dump, dump this all in the audience at once. They need, they need a breather. <laughs> you just like we went from like, like you have to keep in mind, we went from like a like, oh god, like a six to like a ten within the span of oh, yeah. like three seconds. <laughs> because, like you said, like you're at um, Roscoe and the father, like Cleary mentioned, are like, we're not gonna. We're not going to take this. Like, we're not. I can't. This is yeah. any other movie to be a needle drop for. We're not going to take it. And then, like, oh, we go back to, like, the, the conference room. And yet the Loretta Modern Amazon Echo is still there. For some reason, everyone just left it in the conference room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This thing that's, like, it'd be, like, the brand new thing in music. You're just letting it sit arbitrarily in the conference <laughs> room. 
And like somehow like Loretta just opens up her little caster and appears without anybody doing anything. And then like LL Cool J comes in because Loretta's like, where am I? Yeah. go. And LL Cool J's like, Loretta, you have a choice. Like he gives her like like the like the Morpheus red pill, blue pill like speech. Yep. It's like if you stay here, you'll be a tool of the record industry. But if you get into my palm pilot, you could live forever. Yep. And it's like, it's just like, and she goes into his Palm Pilot and we see the search and she gets back on the search engine thing. And like, like, like the really like, like what dirty Italian, like plumber search engine driver <laughs> is like, where are you going, sweetheart? And she's like, anywhere but here. And then like, like you already said, we go to the thing where like Roscoe, like they go to like the performance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why discount LL Cool J is even there because like, oh, the lead singer has gone. It's like, what? Yeah, and, and you think also like, oh, even if Loretta's not there, you think they would have all of her audio on file? Like, just play exactly. the audio. It's like, like let the band play, just have her audio. And like, I would imagine, I imagine if they went into like, it's a high school. T- like, go to your high school, find the prettiest blonde girl you know, and just be like, can you dance? Mm-hmm. Just like, or go to the dance club. I get, it's, again, I get, I get what they're going at. But like, but I think another line of dialogue that's it's all it's second best only to like the slam poetry thing. Is okay. that Roscoe goes up to discount LL Cool J and gives the most like PG rated like rant in like telling off of discount LL Cool J. It's like he goes up to him, like pushes him, and it's like, what is this ball of slime doing here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he rants at him a good bit. Yeah, but it's like the most like, oh God, toned down, like sanitized, just like mouthing off to someone that's allowed. Like, it's just like, who talks like this? Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot about that line. <laughs> we'll insert the clip here. Roscoe. Uh, Roscoe! Do you have any idea what he just did? Stop. You don't understand. Oh, I understand just fine. He's a lying, cheating, self-serving, underhanded, arrogant ball of slime! Are you done? No, I'm not done. Okay. Now I'm done. But then we get the point, like you were saying, where, like, Sam likes, like, oh, I'm gonna dress up as Loretta. And I know, I, I know you're having a problem with that, but... Uh, it makes sense narratively because the whole point is that like she thinks that like oh if I'm like Loretta Roscoe will like me like mm-hmm. everybody likes I like, think about it, like very early in the film uh, off brand Simon Cowell's like you don't have it honey but he loves Loretta uh, Roscoe loves Loretta and I like, the, the, basically everybody loves Loretta and they kind of yep. discount Sam despite the fact that she's kind of the creative energy behind the band. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole thing is like, oh, if I'm able to impersonate her, or 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 basically, yeah, impersonate her, Loretta, I will get the acclaim. If I'm able to impersonate the perfection, then I will become perfection. Sure, okay. Tries to do that, and obviously, it's a dire consequence. Yeah, yeah, def- yeah. The motivation's there for sure. Yeah. Okay. And it's also in, in the moral because basically, the whole moral of the story is don't chase perfection because it's unattainable, mm-hmm. and all it will do is it will land you in misery. Yeah, you can't bottle perfection. I think that's what they say a good bit of times in this. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's and it's, it's, a, it's a nice lesson for kids. Um, I think it's something that you really don't start. I think that doesn't become really an important lesson to kids until like when they start getting into high school and like there's some kids that's like oh whether it be through athletics or or um, like learn like, like, I don't know like trying to be first in their class at school mm-hmm. um, academics. I think it's more like okay, uh, perfection's unattainable. So that, like always try your best, but don't burn yourself out. Try in the process. Yeah, and I get that. That's a cute message, but like thirteen-year-olds aren't going to get that. No thirteen-year-old is burning themselves out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as an eighth-grade burnout. 
<laughs> I hope not. <laughs> and I think that's where it's like it's a little bit misguided. This okay, that's what I mean. This movie is just like it's weird. It feels like, in all honesty, like if someone said this was like a like a a clip for Jordan Peele's new Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Yeah, especially, yeah. Especially now that you have things like oh god, like kindergarten entrance exams. Yep. It's like, oh, like it makes sense now. Like you like you have like in middle schools, you have like, k- like kids being fed this in like, oh, if you don't like pass the seventh grade final exam, you'll be placed in like the lower tier science mm-hmm. class, which means you won't be able to get into like the honors program until a year later, which means you'll be behind you'll be behind six credits by the time you enter college. Like if that's what they were trying to get at, then maybe. Mm-hmm, but gotcha. like again, uh, like we've said already, like it's so weird that like their their intentions were spot on with this but like somehow in translation between concept to like script to finish product a lot was lost in those yeah. like steps <laughs> definitely so uh but no getting back to what you were saying with like the, the plot of this so uh sam dances she like falls off the stage goes into like a coma um it's played like oh my god like it's played like oh my god what's gonna happen it pl- it's played like, like like shocking like what's gonna happen to her yeah, yeah. That, when, that's when real. there's a uh, commercial break when it's her laying on the floor of the concert venue, and everybody's like, "Is she okay?" And then it goes to commercial. Oh, suspense. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how does how does it's weird because Loretta shows up again on on Roscoe's laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing he has 2004 era internet in the hospital. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> like, it's never. I think about it, like if you're watching this in like 2004. Yeah. It was filmed in 2003, and you're a kid watching this. Like most households, like yes, people had DSL in 2003 mm-hmm. or 2004, but like most people still like a, a nice portion of the population still had. Yep. It's like how do you explain the fact that he has like? Because I know they had the point with discount LL Cool J. He's like, oh, this is my Palm Pilot. It has mm-hmm. wireless mm-hmm. internet. Yep. Yeah, it's like, why is that a big deal when Roscoe's had wireless internet on his laptop this entire time? Yeah, I, di- I didn't think about it that way, but you're exactly right. You know, back in 2004, there was no free Wi-Fi anywhere. <laughs> there wasn't any, like, think about, like, wireless internet, like, at a consumer level was practically non-existent yeah, in 2003. Yeah, definitely. So, it's like, again, I don't get it. It's like, they, the movie stops in its tracks, like, two-thirds through to explain a Palm, uh, a palm Pilot, yet a 16, 17-year-old having a laptop that's able to do all these things needs no explanation whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's such a weird creative decision. Like, mm-hmm. people had to think about that. Like, someone said, okay, we're going to stop the movie to explain something, yet we're not going to explain these things that, would, like, that happen a lot more frequently. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't pick up on that, for sure. Oh god! So, right on. <laughs> so yeah, so Loretta shows up like Rob said. She's like bopping in like the hospital corridors, and oh my god! Like, don't dance! Point. Don't dance! Not here! <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, but this is the part where I'm starting to question the acting prowess of our Loretta modern ingenue. Okay. Because like, when she shows up in the hospital, it's supposed to be like Loretta at her most like articulate and down to earth. Yep. And yet we see her like go into the hospital room and she's like staring at the machines and she's like, Roscoe, fix her. Yes. Like, it's not just that simple. He's like, I don't, I, he's like I don't do brains. <laughs> and like, it's, I get it. Loretta's supposed to be very childlike. Mm-hmm. But like, it comes across so just, again, it's the question of is the actress not uh... talented enough or was the director not instructing her properly? 
or is it a combination of the above? Yeah, good, good point, good point. So, uh, Rob, do you want to explain the crescendo of Pixel, Pixel Perfect? Oh, well, of course. Um, after Loretta realizes that Roscoe can't fix Sam, uh, Loretta realizes that Sam is hooked up to an EEG machine to monitor her brain activity. And she's like, Roscoe, I'm going to go into Sam's brain. And Roscoe's like, no, that's that's not the internet. You can't come back out. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so she's like, oh, whatever. And she goes in by once again putting her hand on the monitor of the EEG machine. She goes not into the EEG machine, but through the machine into Sam's brain. And this we is where I was like... Little, we see little blue data transfers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is where I was like, okay, this is like Black Mirror and very get out when you know you have... you Because have, they have the whole thing. She goes into her brain to save Sam. And then after she saves her and like wakes her up from her depression or whatever, they both start to like flicker or whatever. And it's like, there's only room for one of us in this brain. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is get out. This is being John Malkovich. This is Black Mirror. <laughs> I was like, this beat all of them. <laughs> Maybe really, I don't know. I don't like, know when. I don't know when Enter uh, Being John Malkovich came out, but uh, I, I was just like on board with this. That they're in her brain, and then Loretta like is the stronger one or something, I guess, and is able to take over Sam's body and like actually get to feel for the first time. And of course. She wants to go outside and feel the rain because there's a whole big thing throughout the movie where she's like, what does rain feel like? Rain is crazy. At least you get to feel rain, I think she says to somebody at one point. And so she goes out into the rain and she's very happy about it. And of course, she just gets struck by lightning. <laughs> because how okay. else is it going to end? <laughs> All right. I think Rob once again kind of rushed through this and didn't give it enough breathing room. Like, again... Disney Channel movie. I don't think yeah. we can stress that enough. <laughs> so, like, Loretta like, goes to, like, the EEG. And once again, folks, if you're ever in a hospital room and someone's in a coma, I want you to press your hand against the EEG, EEG machine and just see what happens. It's worth a shot. Take your brain um, over. <laughs> <laughs> bring your Alexa uh, Amazon product into the room. It will, like, it'll, like, control your brain. Um, but, like, again, she goes into it. And, like, it's funny how, like, Roscoe's not concerned about this at all. Like, what are the consequences to this? Yeah, and, like, really. Like, and, like I said, like, you see the little blue, like, data transfer. Like, like you see it, like, visually. Like, little blue, like, energy goes into, yeah. like, Sam's head. Loretta goes into Sam's head. And we see, like, imagine, like, the girl from, like, The Ring. Mm -hmm. Like, sit, like, long, like, hair, like, wet, like, matted, like, covering her face. Like, sitting, like, squat on the floor. Yep. And and Loretta's like and like imagine like oh god it's, it's a very CG environment it's a CG environment mm -hmm. but it's like like a de it's like a like oh god like a rainy misty desert like it has yeah a, yeah like a it's, desert, it's really like, dark cracking yeah. yeah but like it's like rainy and dark and or like misty mm -hmm. and it's like and, and Loretta again it's like fam fam like, oh, it's, yeah. it's such yeah. a weird like a choice for an actor. Like, that's why I question whether maybe it's not the actor's fault. It's like any like normal actor would be like, no, this is like this is the crescendo of the film. She's got to be acting human. Sure. And her, she should be her most human part of this. And then we go to like and she's like, like touches her on the shoulder and like everything like lightens up like, oh, it becomes like, like a garden, like a garden of Eden almost. And like Sam becomes herself. It's like, Loretta, what are you doing here? And then, like, there's, like, a rumbling, right? It's, it's like, a rumbling. And yeah. It's, like, it's like, and, and the rest is, like, there's only room in here for one of us. And someone, like I think someone screams, the dream is collapsing. 
we'll insert the Inception now sound. You know, Rob, we have to go back, edit that, get that clip, and we'll insert the Inception blog at that exact moment. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> Samantha, you get to be the dreamer, but all I'll ever be is the dream. I never thought of it that way. You're losing your pattern. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It looks like there's only enough room for one of us in here. The dream is collapsing. They have to. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has to do the kick at this point. Yes. And we're going, and and so Sam wakes up, and this is the point where I'm more convinced that it's the fact that the director maybe was doing this because Sam's doing the hi, Michael. Yep. And it's like, oh, okay. And they're like, and the parents are like, look, it's like Sam, our daughter. <laughs> yeah. And the parents are just come, like the parents are the audience at this point. They're our surrogates. They're like, and, and Ross was like, Loretta? And the parents are like, Loretta? Where, where's Sam? Where's our daughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you could act maybe after we add, maybe if we have enough time, we'll do this. Who knows? We have like three months to edit this. Um, maybe we'll add like a laugh track between like all the moments in this because like it, it, it's like it's a comedy at this point oh yeah oh yeah she's waking up samantha samantha honey <sighs> sam are you okay This is Loretta. Where's Samantha? There was only room for one of us at a time. <laughs> now, it's my turn to feel. What are you saying? gets up like at the bed she almost falls over and roscoe somehow is a hundred percent like convinced immediately that oh my hologram is is like possessing my best friend he's like completely fine with it he is oh, not yeah, bothered yeah. or like oh lord like disturbed by this all the parents are like oh my god what is going on yeah roscoe's and, like finally let's get you outside in the rain yes. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and so like loretta saying like the the possessed sam is like i want to go out into the rain she almost like falls down because she's not used to the body like the body weight like think of like oh god it's, it's almost like that scene from avatar where like like jake's like what sam worthington's not used to the body weight so he mm. like trips and falls down a couple of times yep, yep. Um, there's so much that i think is being i think so many people have seen this like jordan peele is stolen from this oh yeah james cameron is taken from this christopher <laughs> nolan's taken from this like, i think pixel yep. perfect might be the most bastardized piece of uh, work in cinema 
Yeah. Um, so they go outside. She's like dancing in the rain. And it's like, I think at this point, like what Roscoe's like, I want Sam back now. Mm-hmm. And we have like more talk about like what perfection means, like perfection's unattainable. And then, like you said, like out of nowhere, like Loretta's just like, like at, at what point, like, like the camera like flashes and it's like Sam dancing in the rain. Then it's Loretta dancing in the rain. Then it cuts back to Sam. Mm-hmm. And then like, she's like sitting there like doing like a Shawshank redemption in the rain. Yes. And she gets like, and she's like waiting for the lightning bolt. She's waiting for something. It's a lightning bolt. And she gets struck in like the, Oh God, like the spirit of Loretta like flies out of the body. Yeah. Sam, like Sam's like physical body collapses to the ground. Yeah. It like swooshes out of her. Yeah. And like the like the parents and Roscoe, like it's funny. The parents' daughter that was just like in a coma moments prior is dancing in like a thunderstorm. They're fine with it, and it's not until the body gets struck by lightning. Like, oh crap, we have to do something about this. At least they're close to a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you know they had they had to leave, and then the lightning strike happens. It's like we're gonna go back now. <laughs> the budget only allows for so many trips to the hospital. Um, <laughs> And so everybody runs over to the like to her body, and Sam kind of like wakes up, and she's like smiling. Yep. Then we cut to like a song, like a music number, where Sam's at the same like, like what do we even call that? Like the da- like it's like a teenage dance club. Yeah, it's something like that. Is yeah, that it's like a, a, a it's like a music club? venue. It's like a music venue where they have nights for like young kids or something. It seems I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I guess Rock knows as well as anybody else knows. Like, if you have, like, a music venue, like, they hate having, like, inviting people under the age of 21 because all it is is a nightmare for people oh, yeah. bringing in, like, fake, fake IDs. Like, it's an invitation to get shut down by, like, the ATF. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, again, it's, it's a weird part of this movie, but it's not worth talking about in any sort of meaningful detail. <laughs> then, we have, like, a mu- then we have, like, a music number where it's, like, it's just, like an ac- she's now, like, an acoustic, like, what? She's an acoustic singer now? Yeah, she uh, she definitely. Oh, he um, Roscoe says something like at the end after she performs and people like it. It's like, oh, you were. It's like you were made to to sing ballads. Like you don't need to dance for your ballads and your slower stuff. It's like just she's she's more in tune with what she can do musically, type of thing. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, that's a weird lesson to take away from this. It's like <laughs> I, I that's like that's a weird sort of like like a follow up or like a cherry on top like like punctuation for what the moral of the story is. It's weird. Yeah, like, why is yeah. it here? Then we have a moment where it's like, oh God, Sam's like, oh, I wouldn't be half as good without somebody else like backing me, like harmonizing with me. Mm-hmm. And like the bass player's like, nope, it wasn't me. And someone's like, well, was it the drummer? And drummer's like, hey man, I don't have a mic, so it couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess that's a thing. And then it's like, I wonder who could it be? Then we see like the ghost of the hologram like floating in the corners. Now yes. And it's yep. cut to black. And it's like, what the hell is happening? Oh yeah, that that baffle like it doesn't they see they see her Loretta's force ghost or whatever. <laughs> and and Roscoe says something like, I think the Zeta Bites have a guardian angel. <laughs> and it's like, and that's the end of the movie. Cut, and it's like, what? <laughs> it's like it's like that that you're fine with that? That one of your like holo like like it, it's, it's like almost like the lawnmower man. It's like they think they beat him and get rid of him, but he's, he's really still in the internet, you know? <laughs> like, you're right. That's such a, like, this movie is like the weirdest horror movie. <laughs> yes. I made like this is like like I, there should be there's a great problem. Like someone has to get a hold of like Vice or like Vox and be like, we have a great like article about like the greatest like Disney <laughs> Channel 
like movie that was a horror movie that you've never heard of. It influenced everything we love today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's like that'd be a great like BuzzFeed article, like the Disney Channel like original movie that influenced oh. like Get Out and Us. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like this, like that, that's insane to end a Disney Channel movie. With like, oh, like, okay, like you end it with the girl doing this. She has the moment where like she gets the like the guy. They get mm. together, and it's like, okay, end of the movie. Like all's well that ends well. But yeah. to have the hologram become like a force ghost, that's yeah, crazy. <laughs> like, like, never mind the hologram takes on like sentience. It becomes a ghost. Yes, yes. <laughs> like think of like, like when you break it down to those simple terms, it's like. Is there any other movie out there that, like, even, like, forget movie. Is there anything else out there in the culture or in media that has a computer? Like, imagine at the end of The Terminator, we see the ghost of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're That's a, that's a good point. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's something, like, Loretta gets struck by lightning and she, like, I don't know, she becomes some, like, pseudo form of the electricity gremlin. When she could like travel <laughs> travel through electricity and not just the internet now or something like I don't know. <laughs> Rather than like, turning around to like the electricity, she's like, "If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine." <laughs> Much like real scary stories, I still have my original videotape from like January of two thousand four, and I, I I don't think like a fraction of this even like broke through my psyche just like like it's weird like you think about like i was 11 years old in 2004 i'm like oh what am i into i think i talked about this like with things like fantastic planet mm -hmm. and like other things like or like triplets of belleville it's like oh what would i have thought about this like back oh yeah time? and now i look at this and be like like i look at it now and it's just like it's bonkers and insane yeah. And I'm like, like, what was I thinking during this? Like, yes, like, I was like, like, obviously I was listening to nothing's wrong with me. Like, clearly, like, that's what was like always like going through my head. But like, how did 11 year old me, the same kid that was like afraid to like keep the real scary stories videotape in his room. How was he not <laughs> bothered by like a hologram ghost? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, how was I not bothered by that? <laughs> um, I, I maybe it was I, subconscious <laughs> maybe maybe just all kind of like layered and just kind of yeah. like compacted into my psyche it's being <laughs> all unpacked right now um yeah but like like this is insane definitely like, like genuinely like this is the definition of like I, i've talked about things like oh like i love die another day the james bond film as a kid and like i watch it now and i'm like well this is like garbage i watch this now and i'm like this is the greatest horror movie i've never looked at the same way yeah yep yeah oh man yeah i have to agree and i, I guess on that note do we want to jump into cinemodity and late night yeah i guess we have to yeah yeah and i i guess i guess it's not gonna be a surprise that i'm actually gonna have to give this a hard yes to both I, I think because of everything we've discussed, it's a cinemodity for, you know, doing all this on, one, the Disney Channel, and two, before, you know, the stuff that everybody latches onto today that handles similar topics, like the Black Mirrors and things like that. And I think for the same reason, I want to go with Late Night Movie. Like, I would love to show this to somebody, and it, at first it's going to be like, Disney Channel, singing, and then it'll be like, no, 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 you have to watch this, we have to get a reaction. And I know definitely a lot of people that would see this and be like, to have the same exact response, be like, this is Black Mirror. And I'll be like, yes, this is why we're watching it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I'm going to say yes to both. Yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, the cinemodity 100%, like shockingly. Mm -hmm. And I think, and that's why, I, that's why I'm so glad I picked this. Because like, again, like I said, like you watch, 
high school musical or stuck in the suburbs or even something like, oh, oh God, we could have also done. Okay. There's another Disney Channel original movie called Teen Beach Movie, okay. which is somewhat derivative of High School Musical. Yeah, I think and I've pl- heard of it in that in that light, yeah. What it is, is like, oh God, um, Ross Lynch, the definition of like a Disney Channel boyfriend, mm-hmm. and him and his girlfriend get sucked into like a musical, and they're living out the musical. It's basically like, it's like a West Side Story. I think, they, okay. I think the name of the movie in the, in the movie itself is called Wet Side Story. Because oh. it's, like, it's like Surfers versus Greasers. Ah, it takes place like during the fifties, the movie and, or the movie within the movie is, and like the whole thing is like, Oh, we have to get like, get out of them. Like we have to get out of the movie. And that's the whole plot of it. It's like, Oh, they get out of it. It's like, Oh, and and at the same time, the boyfriend and girlfriend become, become closer Mm -hmm. because of their experience. It's a cute movie. But if we were going to do that, we'd have to do the second movie because the second movie is almost as bonkers as this is. It's Ah, not as bonkers because the second movie is, or how the first movie ends with a post-credit scene. Unfortunately, Nick Fury doesn't show up to recruit them into the Avengers, <laughs> but it's almost as good. It, it, the movie ends with all the fictional characters showing up in the real world, oh. clearly implying a sequel. So the sequel is, okay, our two main characters are in the real world, but all the characters from the fictional world are now in the real world. They have to figure out how are we going to put them back in the fictional world. Okay. And, and what happens is, but it's it's a very like PC rah 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 feminism movie because okay. the main fictional character the the main female fictional character is like oh I want to be so much more than just a love interest in a movie mm-hmm. so the lead female in the real world of the movie I'm trying I'm trying to make this make this make sense as much as I can <laughs> it's like you you don't have to be like like dependent on a man you be you okay and so what happens is that she she keeps they keep telling this fictional female lead this to the point where this movie doesn't exist is which which is what brought the original couple together so the second movie ends with retconning the entire series <laughs> and, and like i don't want to get too much into it though but it essentially like X-Men Days of Future Past, okay. the entire thing. It's a di- I remember watching because I really Man. liked the first Teen Beach movie. So when the second one like aired in 2015, I watched it like the day it premiered. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen a Disney Channel movie literally retcon and reset the entire franchise. Like, so imagine if you watch High School yeah. Musical at the end of the third one. It's like, oh, Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens never met. It's like, yeah. oh, like, like, that's such a weird concept to end, like, a movie for, like, 11-year-old girls. Yeah, that is crazy. Cool. Yeah, it makes me wonder, maybe the writers of Teen Beach Movie are the same ones that wrote Pixel Perfect. <laughs> so, like, so, like, going back to my thing, like, I'm so glad I picked Pixel Perfect over these other ones and the, uh, the Haley. I should say that my Haley Kiyoko story, which I absolutely love. I'm not sure if anybody knows, Rob probably does it. She's like a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of her songs are like about like lesbian romances. And she has this story where she's like, the record label always comes to me after I provide them like a new demo. And they're like, another lesbian romance. And she's <laughs> like, I always thought, well, Taylor Swift's songs are all about her dating men. You don't get mad about her. I just love that as a concept. That is, <laughs> oh yeah, that's interesting. I find that so funny. That, like I can imagine like much like in Pixel Perfect, 
in the um, conference room in the record, like of the record label executive. But it's it's Haley Kiyoko like yelling at a record like record label executive after the, like the the executive's like another lesbian romance pop song. <laughs> like I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall during that argument. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's good. <laughs> there, I think it's funny that Haley Kiyoko is like comparing herself to like the number one like pop like pop musician for the last like ten years. Yeah, that's a good point. It's funny. We almost did Lemonade Mouth just for that reason, and we almost did a Teen Beach movie, except the fact that it would require us watching two movies. Okay. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Zach. I'm I'm glad you picked this one for sure. This was a uh, this is a, a great romp. <laughs> it is. So uh, yeah, no, Cinemati, a hundred percent. Um, it's great to watch things. Like I, I think I told Robert, if you watch things as a kid, you go back mm-hmm. and you're like, eh, it wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. But this is like this is like the exact opposite of that, where it's like you watch something, you're like, oh my god, there's so many layers to this. Yeah, it's great. Um, late night, uh, late night. I agree with Rob 110. percent I wish I could. I wish I knew people. Like uh, sadly, much like men, women, and children in like Book of Henry, Rob's the only person I could ever show this to mm-hmm. that I know I would that would look at it under the same way that we, we've talked about it for the last like two hours. Yep, I agree with him. I'd love to do this as a late night movie, but I think it would require so much framing and having okay. someone with their same frame of mind as like you and I. Sure, it would almost like again, it, it's it requires so much framing, it would like defeat the entire like purpose of it. Because I think if you just throw somebody into the deep end with this, it would be like, oh, it's a cute movie, like it, it's it's a cute Disney Channel movie. Like yes, it's a little fluffy at times, mm-hmm. but like no harm, no foul. That's a that's a good point because you know whenever I talk about late night movies and and I say that I got someone in my clutches. I am certainly hoping, like, best-case scenario, I got them strapped down and their eyes pried open, like a Clockwork Orange scenario, and they have to watch the movie. A Ludovico technique on them? Yeah, but I I know I can't do that in pretty much all situations. And you're right, Zach. Without the proper framing and the proper mindset, I would put this on. Somebody would watch, you know, two minutes of it, and then, boom, they'd be on their phone for the the rest of the movie. And they would not, you know... And then I would say stuff like, doesn't it remind you of Black Mirror? And it'd be like, I didn't watch that. <laughs> I was on Facebook. I was looking at my memes. <laughs> I was too busy swiping for matches. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, well, yeah, that, that's a good point. I would. I think you and I should make a sequel to Pixel Perfect in the modern era. Should we call it Voxel Perfect? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's technically no pixels anywhere in this movie. Well, I guess the computer screens, there's All pixels. Right. All right, Rob. What we're gonna do? How we're always talking about our like, like, antith- like, a, what antith- antithetical, like, Ready Player One. Yes. <laughs> or sorry, antithematical Ready Player sure. One. Sure. We are going to do that, but we're gonna do it with Vox Lux thrown in. We are going to do it with this. <laughs> we're gonna have it go into the internet. It's gonna be like Ralph, like Ralph wrecks the internet. It's gonna be that where it's Loretta Modern going into the internet in like 2019, yes. and she encounters all this stuff. Oh, I love it. We'll we'll have the needle drops. We'll have like the hologram. Like there'll be like we'll have like, like the second like main character will be like the hologram of Tupac and Michael Jackson. Oh, it'll be great. <laughs> nice. It'll be a quest movie. It'll be a quest movie. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I dig it. <laughs> but yeah, gotta get that back, script started. <laughs> furiously scribbling tonight. Forget meet Joe Black. Furiously scribbling the script out. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like so, like I I agree with Rob. I think this could be a fantastic late night movie, mm-hmm. but it's like wholly contingent on who yeah. you're watching this with, which yep. unfortunately might just be Rob and I. I'll say this to our <laughs> audience: if you're ever with Rob and I, and you say let's watch Pixel Perfect, that is a perfect late night movie. 
Yes. But uh, oh, yeah. with anybody else, your your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. So, Rob, what snacks do we eat during this? All right. So, Pixel Perfects being, you know, solidly in our Cinemodities uh, collection now. Um, I... Uh, there, there. Of course, we get some scenes where the dad is eating something, Roscoe's dad. But I, I, at least in the quality, the version that I watched, the quality wasn't good enough to let me see what he was eating. Um, so I was thinking, oh, and there, there's that scene in the restaurant um, where with the the Roscoe and, and the Sam, he's like, we're just gonna have fries or whatever. But but I decided I wanted to think about you know since it got me so much in the in the Black Mirror mindset, I wanted to stick with that. And so this is what I came up with. Our 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 uh, Echo, our Amazon Echo, or whatever the the storage container, the hologram storage container <laughs> that they have. While it reminded me of you know that technology, it also reminded me of something that you could put on the top of like a blender or a magic bullet or something. <laughs> you know, you know, like you you like load it up and you yeah. flip it over and you press yeah. it down. And so so I think that we should either buy if it already exists or invent a machine that can blend these holograms consciousness like in with fruit and like a smoothie or something. And so we would have like, like, you know, the, the, um, I don't have a good name for it, but it would be like a fruit smoothie. And one of the ingredients would be like a Loretta, a Loretta modern consciousness or, or a, uh, like a, a hologram pop stars consciousness. And we would get to have, you know, like our waiters would get to have debates with customers because customers would be like, is that okay that you're blending up somebody's consciousness and be like, well, is it really consciousness or is it estimation of consciousness? I think that we should bring the <laughs> ethics of the holograms into the Cinemodities restaurant. <laughs> so that's my pitch for a snack. All right. I can dig it. And I'm actually going to play off of it right now. Nice. Um, be- because of that. And because we have this with the, the uh, holograms, like maybe in the meals themselves, maybe somebody gets possessed in the Cause there's not room for both of us in here. <laughs> I think what we should have is we should have a Loretta modern, like, you know, like, like in certain places, like public, like forums, they have like defibrillators mm-hmm. for people who have like heart attacks and like things like that. Yeah. We should have a defibrillator, but it's there to shock people. They get possessed by one of the holograms. <laughs> like if you're not strong enough to fight off the hologram in your brain, you got to exactly. get shocked. <laughs> if, one of, if one of our hologram meals possesses you. And you get like possessed by the hug. We have the Loretta Modern like defibrillator to shock it out of you. Because that's okay. this, according to Pixel Perfect, that's the only way to exercise a hologram demon is to get shocked by it. Yeah, one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> how do we how do we get Loretta out of Sam's body? Well, the only thing we could use would, would be a bolt of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. sure after the after the um the knockoff LL Cool J's Back to the Future reference, that's exactly what the writers <laughs> were thinking. <laughs> yeah, the Sam Adi's restaurant, the thing that powers the defibrillator is we have a metal rod on top of like the roof of the Sam Adi's restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to hope that if you get possessed, there's a lightning storm. Yeah, you gotta hope it, it's it's charged, yep. <laughs> and be like, no. oh, the defibrillator when they come in for the um like the the health inspector or whatever and they check it, be like, this defibrillator isn't charged, and be like well, it's not raining today. There's no lightning. So what do you expect? <laughs> we have to keep that with some plutonium around to power it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> our, our Mr. Fusion hasn't come in the mail yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where we can put what old food and, and aluminum cans and stuff, that's, right? <laughs> that's where we put all of our Cinemodities waste into our own Mr. Uh, Fusion. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> if we ever to cover- power the defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> we need a fusion reaction. So 
This is like the craziest daisy chain for something that I'm pretty sure would be required in our restaurant. <laughs> Rob, that's how the Cinematis restaurant finally becomes a profitable. We're able to create a perpetual energy by the Mr. Fusion by keeping all of our Cinematis waste. <laughs> we have, we yes. have the proprietary rights and information for a Mr. Fusion. We sell it and then the, we're, we're always in the, in the black. Right on. Okay, nice. Look at that. Folks, we've solved the, the fiscal insolvency of the Cinematis restaurant. Without the word process of the gods. This is what yeah. we've always wanted. Yeah, okay. There you go, see? I see, at the start of this year, I remember our first episode in January, I said we were going to buckle down and make good improvements to the restaurant, and we're finally doing it. Who would have thought we'd, we'd have our, our epiphany and mental breakthrough during the Pixel Perfect episode? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I, wonder, I, I wonder, this, this discussion is a cinematity. <laughs> We gotta find a director. We have to write to him and be like, we have so like much like um the director of elves. Oh yeah. And uh, uh Can oh you please God. direct our sequel? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the director of Cat and Hat? Uh, Bo Bo Welch. Bo Welch, we, yep. We have so many questions for the director of this. Definitely, definitely. Now, I feel like the screenwriter and the directors of this, like where Bo Welch is still like important in Hollywood, I feel the people that made this would be like, you know what, I got nothing better going on like on a Sunday night. Like, I take their phone call. Like, I feel like we, like, we have so many questions to ask you. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the real hurdle of that discussion would be not laughing after every single thing we say. Definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Pixel Perfect Sponkers, folks. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, like, we pick these movies and we're like, oh, like, like we have our giant, like, cinemati spreadsheet. That's like what is it now? Like what? Eighteen gigabytes? It's like a zettabytes, like, information, <laughs> right, Rob? That's how much yes. information now that's in the, the spreadsheet. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's like we look at it. It's like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we, we pick some of these movies and we don't know how they're going to work. In other words, it's like it's an unintentional, like, grand slam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, God, yeah. So uh, I love it. You picked, a, you picked a great one to finish out our music movie series. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, Rob, do you want to tell our audience what we'll be doing next month? Oh, God, do I even know what we're doing next month? <laughs> I don't think any of us do. Um, I believe we are getting a little more specific next month and we are going into four, I think it's four episodes, right? Four Mondays yes. we have. We're going into four episodes where we are right off the bat going to tell you that each one of them is a cinemodity. And we're going to play with, uh, play with some other types of questions. We think kind of, you know, when we, we start with one foot into the cinemodities category and, uh, it'll be good. It's movies that I think Zach and I. Uh, some we've both seen, but I think they're all stuff that we, we you know, love to some extent because it's such a cinemodity. And so we'll talk about, you know, maybe why it's a cinemodity and and uh, maybe dig a little deeper into into some of those concepts. It should be good. It's it's an entire series of Grand Slams, folks. Yes. <laughs> Oddly enough, maybe Pixel Perfect is a nice bridge between between this yeah. and the next series. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, because we both agreed for sure that this was cinemodity. Yeah. <laughs> Uh boy, it's good. And, and folks, too, a little peek behind the curtain. We've recorded all of May. By the time you're hearing this before the Avengers Endgame recording. So the, <laughs> next, so the next time you hear us, we will have seen Avengers Endgame. So uh, say a little, even though it's in the past, by the time you're hearing this, just say a little prayer for us. That's going to change everything. <laughs> oh I, th I think one of the, 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 the soul stone in Thanos Gauntlet is Loretta Modern. It's, it's the spirit. <laughs> She's the soul stone. I think Loretta Modern is going to pop out of the internet and stop Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> that she's uh, she's the one of the um, 
they're going to unsnap her. They're going to make her into a real girl, oh. be a real boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, they're going to they're going to uns- they have to unsnap the cat from the beginning of Pixel Perfect. Remember, he uh, Roscoe <laughs> yeah. makes the uh, he makes the the hologram cat and it runs out the open window. And as soon as it leaves the house, it just like disintegrates. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. That was, like, has, has like a great like dying meow sound too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the snap. <laughs> that was the snap. Yeah. <laughs> That cat, see, that cat knew what Roscoe was going to do. Oh man, the cat's like this. This guy's gonna love me too. Like he loves the hologram girl. The cat's like, I'm gonna commit suicide immediately. <laughs> the cat was like, What does rain feel like? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I think this should be like an outtake somewhere of like Loretta Modern trying to like fit herself outside like that. Like was it like that that, that kind of like subterranean window? Oh she's, like, yeah. Trying to like she's trying to like force herself. She's like Roscoe, I'm stuck. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh, man. All righty, Rob. So uh, I think I have an idea of how we're going to end this episode, what music, music we're going to play. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was just like for Fox Lux. I was going to ask you what your favorite song on the soundtrack was. But if you got another idea, let's hear it. I think we have to, whether it be the Huckapoo song on the soundtrack or another <laughs> Huckapoo song, I think we need some Huckapoo in our lives. I, I agree. We've we've discovered a, a new band that, that needs to be uh, investigated further. Absolutely. So let's do it. <laughs> Let us be happy and love each other.